I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the movies of 99 from the Pitcher's Mound here oh, in 2018. Well done. That's not my favorite response from Phil. My favorite response is when he's like, ah! Well, because like, sometimes, sometimes you really surprise me with something and it's you, like a deep cut. This was a good one. This is I like this. What else I could it have been? I was expecting better. I don't know. I, I mean, wish I brought better. <laughs> I wish you had. CBB. What could it have been? Mm. Oh, from boy. the Pitcher's Mound from here From the Pitcher's Mound. And, yeah, I guess that's, I mean, it's certainly... From, a big part of the movie. From a surveillance fan here. In, from <laughs> that, the, that, from, I think it's weird. From the newsroom here. From, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's from, from the op-ed pages here yeah. in... So we're from, doing Never Been Kissed, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we got to move past this bit. From the front porch of Josie Grossi's house here ah, in... That's, that's the best one. That's 2000, the one. Uh, yeah. 2018. With well, egg all over our face. With egg all over our face. <laughs> Well, that's the say, saddest fucking moment in the movie. It is. It's the harshest it's, moment. I'm still so crying. horrible. It is it's awful. It's a really, really rough moment in a, in an otherwise lovely movie, yeah. and um, it has its heart in the right place. Oh, completely. It's just a very sweet, good natured movie about you know, don't be mean to people. Definitely, yeah. just be a good person. So, uh, before we go any further, yes. I've never been kissed. We have a very special guest today. It's Stacy McKig. Mm-hmm. The creator of Station 19. She mm-hmm. has no other connection to the show. None whatsoever. Um, she, <laughs> she doesn't employ any of us. She no. doesn't employ so, one of the co hosts of the show. Um, I am Kenny Nybart, one of your co hosts. I'm Phil Visco. It's my Sta- employee. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great because the best part is now in the room, I'm going to be known as her employee. It's oh, going to be great. That's, well, well I mean, I am. Be, no, no, no. Let's be real. Would that be better or worse than 
senior boy. Oh my god. Let's so talk ex- about senior boy. <laughs> now I have to explain what that means. Yes, yes you do. I, I told a story. Oh no. What's amazing about oh. this is the layers of embarrassment that exist now this, because it started you, as you know And perfect. the layers of red that are, this, that are creeping into your face this right now. This movie is about <sighs> this movie is explicitly so I guess about se- second about um, embarrassment. embarrassment. So we should so do this. So it's on theme. Yes, that's right. Basically, Stacey and I will both tell embarrassing stories too. On, just kidding. On day Definitely one or not. two, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> on day one or two, I don't remember when it was, but in our first week, Stacey asked us all to tell embarrassing st- the second season told us to tell embarrassing stories about um ourselves and i told one which i will not tell on mike but i will say that part of that story was that it took place at my summer camp and at the time i was a senior boy now (laughs) that was a moniker so you don't even have to say anything else already we're there i just so i feel bad for you because at my camp we had senior boys too right i know where you were coming from man (laughs) But now, all I'm rid of, everyone calls me senior boy in the room, oh, and I'm no. just like, so that's, there it is. I, oh. I, I actually would say that, that employee might be better, but it's, I mean, debatable. Oh, senior Listen, boy. we say it with love. I know, I know. I don't know. I, I, so Ish. that being said, <laughs> that being said, um, Stacy is the creator of Station 19, and she's mm-hmm. been kind enough to come on here to talk about Never Been Kissed With Us. Um, My understanding is she's also... Bit of a podcast, like it's 1999. She's a big fan. fan. So I've heard. From, oh, I am. So yes, in that respect, I've I heard a few. <laughs> Thank you so much. She has a uh, big fan of Ed TV. Huge fan of Ed TV. Yes. So the uh, the movie or the podcast about the movie? Probably both. I'm hoping. Both. Oh, okay. good. No, Are both. One hundred percent. Are you kidding? Ed TV. That's my jam. Yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> you and me both. Mm. So in 1999, where are you living in 1999? Okay, I was living half of the year. I lived in Boston. I was finishing up graduate school, and then I moved out to L.A. in 1999. Do you remember? It was in the summer of 99, right, Mm -hmm. that you moved over? Summer of 99. I was crashing with another student uh, in Lancaster, which was so hot and so dreadful. And we had— this room right now, would you say? You know, on par. (laughs) On par with this room right now. There is no AC right now, and we are all sweating. (laughs) We— Yeah, here's the, I don't remember a lot from 99 really, but I do remember this one moment Mm -hmm. during my summer when we were desperately looking for just a controlled climate to be in. And we went to the movies movies. at probably 10 a.m. and stayed there all day long on our one ticket. Amazing. And, uh, you know, our refillable thing of Take popcorn. Take that amount. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and here, okay, here are the three movies that we saw. We saw Blair Witch. Okay. We saw that Haunted House movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones, yes, the title the of which I... The Haunting. I never remember the title. Or the movie, really. But I remember Catherine <laughs> Zeta-Jones. And, uh, and then the third one was Deep Blue Sea. Oh. Yes. Classic. That's yeah. a great... It's, it's a pretty solid trifecta. What a, what, it's, it's amazing that yeah. at the same time of year... Those are three horror or horror adjacent movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting to see those three back to back. And it was, it was summertime, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It also feels very. One of Stacey's favorite films is Tremors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Good and it feels like those are sort of at least haunting and Deep Blue Sea fall into the Tremors esque. They definitely, definitely do. Right? Deep Blue sea. And you know, my other favorite movie, pretty much of all time, is Lost Boys. Lost Boys. So it's all of the same, yeah. you know, like a little campy, yeah. a little scary, yeah. but not too scary. Is Lost also, Boys really one of your favorite movies? Oh, yes. Have you, have you like, bothered your agent to get you to do a 
TV remake of that? You should be. Oh my god, that would be because yeah. that's a movie that that would a movie be a that dream. Be a, it should yeah. be a show. It should be a show. You could write it. <laughs> And, and I bet you could get some of the cast. I know Phil's, a, I know <laughs> Phil's Asian listens to this <laughs> show. Uh, uh, that's amazing. What do you think, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, I think it's also interesting, too, that they don't make those movies anymore. I know. Like that, that, you're talking that, about the 99 ones or you're talking about the Lost Boys and the Tremors? All of them. It, I, think, I think The Haunting, I think Deep Blue Sea. I don't think they I make, think they make bi- those movies. What, big not budget horror? Sea, not Deep Blue Sea so much, but they make The Haunting. Yeah, they just they the Hereditary the just came out last week. Yeah, but that's not a studio movie. That's an independent film that A24 distributed. Like I'm talking about Warner Brothers wrapping their arms around doing stuff because, like, listen, Deep Blue Sea was a was not a successful movie in terms of monetarily speaking. I think we all think it is successful creatively, and we all love that For movie. Sure. For sure. But I think that that's just you're not going to get an eighty million dollar. I mean, although Meg is coming out next week, I guess. Yeah. So we'll see. But anyway, that's just a. Could have less. Could not have less to do is with never Meg, be kissed. God, but I have a serious question. <laughs> yeah, is Meg going to do well? I don't know. It can't. I don't think it. I think it's going to do middling. I think it'll do fine. A shark movie called The Meg, but it's got what's his face in it. What's his name? Oh, he sounds Statham. like sounds Jason like you can really Statham. open a movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's his face? That guy. <laughs> Jason Statham. That's the lead, and it's John Turtletop. Like it might not. It's John Travolta. The guy John from- Turtletop directed oh. it. What? Come on, Kenny. John Turtletop. John Travolta. I mean, six and one, right? <laughs> Phenomenon. Um, did they do together? Yeah. Oh, that must have been very confusing for the AD. Well, for you, it would have been. It would have been. <laughs> uh, I know. So, do you remember seeing Never Been Kissed? Did you see it in the theater? I don't think I did. Okay. I think I saw it shortly thereafter, probably as soon as it was available to rent and sure. put on my DVD VCR? player, my VCR. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whichever mm-hmm. one was yeah. appropriate at the time. I owned it. I've re- I've okay. seen it many times sure. over the years, but I don't think I saw it in the theaters. Okay, so you saw it in the vicinity of ninety nine. You would say yeah. probably within the okay. So for sure, okay. Uh, and you watched it just recently. Do you sort of what? I guess the bigger question is: We went through a lot of movies to <laughs> yes, find a did. movie to get Stacy to come on for, such as. Oh, oh boy, the list was really. I mean, we in the room went through many times the the list, and I and there were movies that you were like, yeah, I liked that, but mm-hmm. there, this was one that you kind of really lasered in on. Yes. Why? Oh goodness. <laughs> well, it starts with a V, and it sounds like Vartan. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people that feel that way. I mean, this My is prime, prime Vartan. Yeah. And he only really has like a little, tiny little nugget of time when he's prime Vartan. Yeah. And then he gets all kind of pointy. And you're like, mm, <laughs> does get maybe pointy. not. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, I just, I love it. I love Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. I loved the movie. It's just delightful and feel good. And it makes my heart sing. And it's so cheesy in all <laughs> the right ways that I just, I love it. I embrace right. the fromage. It's and I would actually, I would say the director embraces that too. Yes. Like I think that rewatching it, or sorry, having, I saw bits and pieces of this movie over the years, but I've never actually sat down and watched the whole thing. So this was the first time that I watched. I don't it. think I had either. And it was really? interesting to me yeah, I, that I it, definitely felt like I had seen it, but I definitely I had, had not vibe. sat sat down, down and watched start it to credits to credits oh. or start to end, as the case may be. Right, and I think that the director found sort of this perfect kind of. Bordering on cartoonish, never fully tips over into that. So 
it still feels grounded enough. And the movie that actually came to mind as I was rewatching it was Clueless. Mm-hmm. Another which favorite. Which also, it's a great movie. It also bit. has a similar, in terms of that, in, in terms of the slightly larger than life qualities, the punch of the colors, the way that sort of it's it's made felt similar to me. Now, Weirdly for me, it felt more like Peggy Sue Got Married. That's interesting. Um, especially with that, good movie. Especially with that, that opening and the, the, mm-hmm. the music that they used and the mm-hmm. opening mm-hmm. credit sequence. And this is a very weird comp, but I don't know why it was there for me too. Back to the Future, school stuff. Um, oh, that's it, interesting. It had a very similar kind of innocent vibe that those movies had. That's interesting. Um, and there's something about Back to the Future I always loved, which was... Um, there's the California thing. California yeah. high school, like... The way the actual high school looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, like the use of archetypes in Back to the Future and the use of archetypes in this movie. Mm-hmm. I tend to think like if you're not going to if you're not going to make characters uh, very three dimensional and really get into their shit for side characters, mm-hmm. archetypes are good. Archetypes right. get you where you want to go. Especially in high school stuff. Yes. And this and this happens in this movie. And I think Back to the Future does that as well too. So I also think that it has a really deep bench for those secondary characters. The yes. Jessica Albas, the James Franco's. Like it's it's people that had massive careers that came off of this movie, which I think is mm-hmm. the John C. Riley's, yeah. the Molly mm-hmm. Shannon's. Like Absolutely. All these sort of peripheral characters all work. The script is the script is solid, but the casting is so it really raises everything up. And that's we were talking on our previous episode as we were teeing up this episode about how Drew Barrymore makes this movie really sing. Oh, completely! She's so good in this. Could movie. anyone else possibly have done? This? I don't know. I don't if think they so. Could have. I don't right, think I'll, so. I'll, I'll throw out one, and we just kind of alluded to her. Did we? Alicia Silverstone. And I and I I don't know if I'd buy her as Josie Grossy is the thing. Well, I don't know. Drew Barrymore's pretty hot too. So like, but Drew Barrymore. I don't know. I mean, she embraces being super geeky. There's no yeah. vanity there whatsoever. I, and like true. even That's in the way cool. she walks and runs and everything, and, I feel like and those she owns gym shorts. She fully owns it. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I don't know that Alicia's and and considering that we did blast from the past. Well, I also think Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone. I also not think able to do Drew this. Barrymore would have been a better. Alicia Silverstone, oh, absolutely. Clash of the Past. <laughs> no question. I, I mean, I, I, almost anyone. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't necessarily swap those out, right? I do think Drew Barrymore is the better one for this, but I do think Alicia Silverstone does have that adorable vulnerability that you need, for, and, and and this, you know, kind of cl- this clear-eyed optimism. Oh, you that, definitely need Josie yes. to believe that like everything can work out. Like she's there. There. That's how you get the baseball diamond scene. I mean, it's it's yeah. We'll definitely have to talk about. We I mean, certainly will. But we'll uh, talk about Drew Barrymore Drew sort of more her career. because I think it's what's a also, really interesting role for her at this point in her career. It's also yeah. a role she. It's the first movie that she ever produced, produced through yeah. Flower Films, which I think is very emblematic of something. She was like, I know I can do this, and she's just she's adorable. She's just fantastic in this movie. I I don't know. I uh, I think that. Um, I think it's also interesting how, or the director went on to do the Scooby Doo movies. So, right. and you and he, can he sort also of did something in '99 that you might want to mention. He was the original director on Ravenous. Oh, right. Well, one of 
one of the original directors on Ravenous. It's yeah. weird. The, the Ravenous so story weird. is really weird. Yeah. There was basically they were doing Ravenous. The director fell off that movie or was fired off of that movie. And then Fox 2000, which produced this movie and Ravenous, tried to force that director onto Ravenous, and the cast revolted yeah. <laughs> and said he couldn't do it. So then he went and did this movie. Which is obviously wow. way more fitting. Yeah. But it's just like how that sort of weird machinations occurs is bizarre. But it's the Scooby-Doo of it all, I don't think is as much of a stretch just because of sort of the cartoonish things that I was alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I kind of like the first Scooby-Doo movie. Maybe I'm an asshole, but I think it's actually a kind of cute, fun movie. And I don't I, know. His I stuff like just, the twist at the end. I don't remember. Oh, it's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I just... <laughs> Classic. I just thought, well, it's like it's <laughs> the most hated of all yeah. the Scooby characters. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the whole joke, right? It's like Scrappy's the worst. Scrappy's like, the worst. lo and behold, Scrappy is the one inside the giant monster. Like, absurd. It's, but it's so great. silly. It's, it's so funny. But I think that's why this stars movie one works of our too. finest film actresses, Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's right. Mm. We just did Cruel Intentions uh, mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, Penny is still. I know. I'm, oh, still dealing with. She's that. the greatest. She's great in that. Uh, and <laughs> she's, she's great in that. She's the greatest. She's Buffy. She's. Yeah. I mean, she's she can do no wrong. Yeah, she really Seriously. can. Uh, but I, I think that there is something interesting to see how he had. There's inklings of that in this, and then he really goes for it with the Scooby stuff. Anyway, um, I'm going to just give the synopsis and just kind of get into this, so we can talk a little bit about that. But. Um, Josie Geller, played by Drew Barrymore, is a baby-faced junior copywriter at the Chicago Sun-Times. She must pose as a student at a former high school to research contemporary teenage culture. With the help of her brother, Rob, played by David uh, Arquette, Josie infiltrates the inner circle of the most popular clique on campus. Oh, I just wanted to see. No comment here. Stacey, do you have a comment on this uh, pronunciation of this word, clique? Clique. Well, Where did that come from? Comma, employee. So, on the Jawbreaker episode, which will drop at some point in the near future, in Canada, we pronounce it clique, not click. Oh, I see. I see. And also niche, not niche. Mm. Well, but we do that here a little bit, too. I'm into niche. Yeah. Clique. Ah, I mean, it's a French word. That's some classic senior boy action, is what that is. (laughs) So, so this has already been a rousing success for me. <laughs> Kenny is loving this episode. This could not go better for Kenny Nyberg. Well, uh, yeah, I, mean, I saw this great tweet oh today. God. You know that uh, person on Twitter? Well, she's a human being in real know. life, but the person on Twitter, Mara Quint, very funny. Or no, she's happy behind your back. Okay. The tweet was something to the extent of, yeah, sex is great, but have you ever had somebody you call crazy to other people do something crazy in front of those people and prove you right? (laughs) (laughs) Which just kind of felt a little bit like that with the clique. A little validating. (laughs) Because the clique, you'll hear it on the Jawbreaker episode, the clique, I think, wasn't like, I wasn't just like, like. With a former former writer I worked with on Sleepy Hollow. Happens to have a French French last name. But um, I. Can I just say that as I was. I just want to say something. So, you just want to cut this off? You don't no, want to no, talk no. about it? Yeah, no, You're yeah, like, I'll, we're I'll, done. Why did no, we start no, no. this? So I cut and paste these synopses from Google, and I never read them because I'm just like, I'll read them, right? And as I'm getting it, to the word does make it more fun. I was like, <laughs> I can say click <laughs> yeah. and just own it. I would, and I was I like, would not, no. I would not no. have gone after you, and I'll tell you why. Because your employer is here. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like... No, I refused, and I—that's just how it happened. 
so uh, Josie hits so a major fun. snag in her investigation, not to mention her own failed love life when she falls for the dreamy English teacher, Sam Coulson, played by Michael Vertan. Which is sometimes in the movie pronounced Coulson. Did you yeah. guys notice that? I don't. Oh. I, I did. It doesn't really bother me. And, yeah. But... Uh, Never Been Kissed opened on April 9th, 1999 in second place behind The Matrix with $11.8 million and would go on to gross $84.5 million on a $25 million budget. That's that eight-time multiple I was talking about. Yep. That's uh, a big, it's a big hit. This is a big hit. This it's is a, a big a, a, hit. It's a small budget, um, which you don't feel, Mm-mm. really. Like, no, they pick and right. choose their exteriors really smartly. If you told me it was a $60 million movie, I'd believe it. Right? Yeah. They just... Most of it's in the school. Most of it's indoors, but you don't feel like you're indoors all the time because high school sh- movies and shows tend to take place indoors. But the baseball diamond stuff, mm-hmm. all the, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, they did a, a really great job. How much uh, was it, it? You said 25? No, 11.8. Oh, sorry. Yes. On a $25 million budget. Yeah. So they I, smartly used it. I think it's, um, to me, very clearly a, uh, a, I think it's very clearly a result of Drew Barrymore's star power, why this movie made so much money. I she, she had an incru- she was she it was her it was her moment. Mm-hmm. You take that and you marry it with this really really strong title. What a great title! <laughs> I think that's all you needed to to make this movie. Um, but let me ask hit. you, because of the title, mm-hmm. do we think Josie's a virgin? Are you serious? I'm asking the question. She's a virgin. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. Really? She is. I, yes. Okay. I don't think she's been kissed. I really don't. That's I know she so says. It, sad. I know she says at the end. <laughs> I know it's like this movie just got so because I truly didn't really think about that until it came up in an article that I was reading. I was like, oh, I guess so. And then just she, all right, so she says at the end. It's it's hedged a little bit. She says in the article, "I've never really kissed a boy." That's and that's that why really thing. Yeah, that does kind of throw me. It's like okay, does that mean she kissed a boy when she was in kindergarten, or she kissed a boy drunk, or she kissed a boy? She hasn't really been kissed is what it is. She kissed boys, but it never went (laughs) further than that. I think she's never, I swear to God, and I think this movie works best if she's never kissed a boy. But I think it's unrealistic, though. (laughs) It's for sure she's kissed somebody. I think. I mean, maybe the braces got caught. It's like, (laughs) yeah, no doubt. It's a little like 40 year old virgin, right? So, 40 year old -old virgin, like, it yeah, definitely has that he's, vibe. He's yeah. never had sex, and I think that they, in 40-Year-Old Virgin, they definitely plant their flag there. Yeah. And they go their way with that brilliant fucking two, sands of, two bags two of bags sand. Two bags of sand. Feels see? like a bag of sand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you're like, okay, okay. I see, I see <laughs> how, how this far went. this guy has yeah. gone in his life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I understand what's but going on here. But equally, I would say that he is so lovable in that movie, and she is so lovable in this mm-hmm. movie. It just... it. It just it only works with the right casting because otherwise yes. I just don't think yeah. you would buy it. But it's also just to do a little bit of a Drew Barrymore, you know, just to talk about her a little bit. Um, I mean, E.T. is one of my favorite movies ever, and she's just uh, Gertie is the best, the best, um, beyond the best, beyond the, the best, the daughter she, you want, and improvised some of the best lines mm-hmm. in that movie. Anyway, um, I could whatever. So uh, then she does a bunch of stuff as a kid and. Including drugs and all sorts of horrible things that happened to her. Uh, that was and, well written right there. I like that. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> and uh, she kind of comes back. I mean, what was the first thing that really kind of got well, her back? Is you, want, it, you want to know the real answer? I mean, it's Scream? It's Poison Ivy. Oh, well, I mean, that's not a real answer, but I hear you. It want. is. It was Poison Ivy. It was, it was she. That crappy. It's like, it was on the street to 
DVD, though? Yeah, but Poison Ivy was the thing that rebranded her as a mm. grown-up. Mm. Um, what and, was the okay. movie where she's standing up out of the like sunroof, and she's wearing a choker, and she's Crazy like, Love? That was Crazy after. in Love. Wait, yeah. that was Chris O'Donnell. That was, that was yeah. ish but yeah. That, that came out. That's the one Mad I love. remember. Mad Love. Oh, Mad yeah. Love. Mad yeah. Love. Well, and I remember that came out uh, either we, shortly before or shortly after Batman Forever. And I remember those two films kind of mm. got her talking about, and then Scream obviously solidifies Which kind of the, don't the, the comeback. Ex- don't, those movies don't exist without Poison Ivy. And oh, yeah. additionally, there's the David Letterman moment. Right, where, so, she, where she flashed him. Where she flashed him, which is a <laughs> right. very famous thing. Yeah. Drew Barrymore suce- successfully rebranded herself as the baddest bad girl, which makes this role even more amazing that she yeah. knew she needed it. The transition. Mm-hmm. Knew yeah. she could do it. Mm-hmm. Audience really wanted it. And I get that, of course, because this is Gertie. You want this yeah. girl back. Like, we course. wanted her and we got yeah. her back, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and this she- also feels like a, what Gertie would have gone through in some weird way. Like, I feel like Josie Grossi is a slightly grown-up version yeah, of Gertie. Yeah, I buy that. <laughs> and she also did, uh, like, right around the... She also did The Wedding Singer, which well, that was, was the first kind of The Wedding Singer is the moment, like, I think, when people are like, oh, she could be a romantic lead. This might be sure. America's Sweetheart. She's... I love The Wedding Singer, I too. I do, too. She's so, so good, good in that movie. Uh, and then, you know, you've got Charlie's Angels, which you know, obviously becomes a huge thing and what have you. But... Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting career, and it's interesting how she planted her flag on this movie, how she did what you know it's 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 great. Uh, the movie has fifty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is interesting. Hmm. Which I think feels a little low considering how many people asked to talk about this movie on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so it's like it's people love this movie. Yeah. Um, the Ebert review. I'm going to read a, a little portion of it because I think it's interesting. Where he says, "Never been kissed" is not deep or sophisticated, but it is funny and big-hearted, and it wins us over. The credit goes to Barrymore in this movie and Ever After, and in The Wedding Singer. Uh, she emerges as a real star, an actor whose personality and charisma are the real subject of the story. Never been kissed ends in a scene that in any other movie I would have hooted at. Without revealing <laughs> it, I'll identify it as a five-minute wait. The scene is so contrived and artificial; it could be subtitled. Shameless audience manipulation, but you know what? Because the weight involved Barrymore, I actually really cared. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to that. This movie, as we've stipulated, doesn't work without this unbelievable shining star at its center. I think he really cared for the reason I just said, which is we want her. Yeah. I, I do. Yeah. I think that's this whole, <laughs> to me, to that, that's like where this, this all comes down is like, it's this really weird thing. And, I, and, and, and there, there's this like kind of bizarre sense of, Patriarchy and ownership that goes along with what I'm saying. I mean, with kid actors that have like with really transcendent the, performances. Yeah, yeah that, that we feel like she owes it to us to be a certain thing. Yeah. So that is gross in, in and of <laughs> itself, right? Yeah. That is kind of a that is kind of a gross feeling and a gross thing. But I also think it's undeniably there, and mm. she's undeniably using it to her advantage. That's interesting. That's so, interesting. That's it's interesting. an interesting take. See, I would say it's a little more pure than that. To me, it's mm-hmm. less about wanting this person back and the expectation that we should get this person back. And it's more that I'm just rooting for her well, to for make it Josie. to the other side, to Josie yeah. Andrew Barrymore, because right. we know her past. Right, yeah, I We think know that, that she's been through rehab and she's had a tough childhood. And you, you know these stories about her. And at this point, I feel like her personal life is as well-known, if not more, than her career. So it's like... You just you just rooting for her to make it out the other side and be the one child actor that doesn't totally go the other Implode way. On that's a that's yes. a much that's a much nicer way to put it. 
I, I do think it's kind of the, I do think it's kind of the same feeling, but it is, but it is still this idea of. Um, it's a it's Drew a unison Barry, of of well, Drew and Josie. It's almost it's almost proto reality TV. It's this idea that Drew is living her life for us in a way. Mm. Um, but it's also true. So, like, you know, I don't mean it's true that she is, but it's also true that that that, that the Drew Barrymore narrative mm-hmm. is in the media and in our consciousness going into this particular movie. Which, again, if you look at her her filmography, the wedding singers are supporting role. This is her real. This is the real first like America's sweetheart type leading role. She she well. Takes, this movie hinges on. She I mean, she kills she's, it. Yeah. And, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think she. I think she saw an opportunity. You know, coming off of the Wedding Singer, which was a very successful film, and she is undeniably charming. And excuse well, me. And I then I feel like so much. And then I feel like she's like, I'm going to do it. She starts her production company. Um, there's a really at, interesting thing. At like 25. There's a funny thing that I wrote that I think you will appreciate. Uh, and my roommate very much agrees. Did with. you often appreciate funny things he writes? <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> no, I didn't write this. I'm going to read something you just said from Elmag. Funny thing I wrote that I, that I read is oh, what I said. Sorry. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So, uh, <laughs> oh, this is so fun. Uh, so, in Elle magazine, at the end of their review, uh, they said, "Is this movie?" They watched it retroactively like is this movie good nope the premise of never been kissed is deeply strange and problematic the sam colson character is a sacrificial lamb at the altar of josie geller's popularity fantasies sure the premise is catnip for nerds who are crushes on their teachers or professors but the weirdness of an adult teacher having feelings for someone that he thinks is a teenager uh and who is their student is just wrong the movie would never ever get made now do i love this movie anyway and have i seen it more than 11 times yes why michael vartan don't at me, which I think is wow. And I think that That's, there's something. Is that something, what you said? <laughs> Basically, yes. And and literally, I think that that really sort of it just goes to show that. And I, we're gonna we're gonna do it again, but we're gonna allude to Hunter Covington's tone thing. And I think there's something about when you hit the tone right, you can ride that whole thing mm-hmm. through any sort of bumps in the road when it comes to does this make sense. You know, should this person be lusting for this person, whatever the case might be. And they do kind of try to run the edges off it so it doesn't seem too creepy. He basically knows that she's not a student. It's the first thing he asks her. That's right. Because <laughs> she her looks name. like a crazy 25-year-old sitting in his... In a feather boa. <laughs> Quoting Shakespeare. Quoting Shakespeare. You don't seem like From you're memory. a child. So obviously he knows she's not a child. He doesn't know, but they, do, they do it for the exact reason yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. They, they, they want us to love this guy. Yeah. And he he doesn't do it. Like we're we're gonna have to really dive into the 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 res- <clears throat> whether or not what happens in this movie between them is something that we can kind of ride for in 2018. Um, but you know, I, I want to make one other kind of adjacent point because your point about tone. Yep, I would make the same point about this that I made about tensions movies, uh, <laughs> which is uh, I'd love to hear Stacey's thoughts very, on tensions too. If you have a <laughs> Do you like Cruel Intentions, Stacey? Uh, I have mixed feelings okay. about that movie. I think, uh, yeah. all right, that's cool. Um, I think the... I th- Wait till you hear our two and a half hour episode oh on Cruel Intentions. My point about Cruel Intentions was uh, character. You know, I, sure. I'm not generally a, a zealot about character because I'm a zealot about story. Mm-hmm. But a movie like this, because I think the story is pretty by the numbers, shows how important it is, is to have a really yeah. unique yeah. Uh, r- unique exciting unexpected character 
at the center, and then you'll follow her wherever she goes. Mm-hmm. Because she basically goes to a place we've now seen in movies, yeah. you and I, five times. There's nothing particularly different about this high school than the high school in 10 Things I Had About You, mm-hmm. or even the high even school in Idle Breaker. Hands, because they both had yeah. Jessica Alba. But <laughs> 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 she's much better in this movie than she was in Idle Hands. She's actually, she's so good in this. Yeah. Like, she's great in this. I love her in this. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. She puts I also it all love out her there. wardrobe. Oh my God. The word, yeah, everyone's wardrobe in this but movie. But yeah, is kind of I think uh, I, I think that that's super important. I think the tone point is a really important, movie. a really important point too. Uh, Stacy, how, how do you feel about uh, Cruel Dungeon? <laughs> we don't need to get into that. It's cool. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I um, professed my love for Sarah Michelle Gellar. We're good. Yes. Yeah. What else do you need? You know? It's a deeply troubling movie, but so I don't think it's this. deeply troubling. Whatever. We you listen to our Cruel Intentions episode if you want to hear how we feel. It's about a tougher Intentions. movie. It's just a tougher yeah, movie a, than this. A, you know, yeah, this is a yeah. much more. Happy, this wish fulfillment, yeah. you know, romantic. Absolutely. I actually think I, that's the most important part about this movie. This movie is pure wish fulfillment. Yeah. And I do think that is why a, a generous viewer should excuse so much of what happens in this movie. Absolutely. In terms of what we would Which now is consider Which what I was sort of texting you last night. You know, we were texting a little bit about it beforehand. And, and sure. I think that, that it's, it's a stacked cast. With an amazing, you know, with a director who directs it playfully and understands how, how sort of light you need to kind of play this. And it works. I also think that it's wish fulfillment, too, in terms of the whole popularity Well, stuff. that's what I mean. Because mm-hmm. it's like, there's this great quote that I uh, found in, uh, on Bustle on their website where they said, I've actually quoted this, this one line over the years because it's so true. All you need is the right person. One person to think you're cool and you're in. Rob tells Josie about being popular. He's Everyone right. else will be too scared to question it. And it applies to friendship. It applies to, and I, it applies in so many ways of just find that one thing and be confident in that one thing and everyone will buy into it. And I think that, you know, obviously Josie struggles with that, but he finds it in the end. And I, I don't know. It's very, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I also think it's worth noting on a total tangent, if you will, but Drew Barrymore almost was the lead in Boys Don't Cry which was almost directed by Diane Keaton in 1999. What that movie is, I don't know, Mm-mm. but, and I'm obviously incredibly thankful that we got the movie that we got and both the movies that we got, but it is just interesting to me that I think she really saw this as a, a fulcrum point in her career. Mm-hmm. And she came off of the wedding singer and said to herself, okay, I, I got to take a big swing one direction or the other. And obviously I think we all agree she took the right choice, but it's just interesting that she would even consider doing something that bold and that completely outside of her. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Also, on the strange but true Boys Don't Cry connections, Chloe Savengi was also considered for the role of Aldous. That makes sense. Lisa Bayeski played <laughs> in this, which is also just sort of, I could sort of see it. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird. Um, so, I actually think Lisa Bayeski was a little weird. I didn't dislike her, though. She's, oh, I enjoyed her. She's deal. just... I guess maybe she's Hollywood's version of a nerd. I don't. You know what I mean? Like she, you, you take the That's, you take the she's glasses. Too pretty now, to be a nerd. now, yes, but in 1999, <laughs> she was she wasn't she was odd feeling. I don't know. She feels like you, she, she is she an feels odd like actress. You, you take the the glasses and the ponytail off her, and she's you know she's all that. So I just it does. I she, just think what about I her? I mean, look, I think she's really she she's. She's like five foot ten, and she could be a model in another movie. So that's just kind of how I feel. I think she did a really good job with it. I'm not saying she's I not. I do too. Do you like her more or less 
than her performance in Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. I loved her in Eyes Wide Shut. Her two line performance. Two lines. But like one of which is whispered. Yeah, there's just (laughs) Yeah, you don't even know. It's it's so it's so good and weird. It's so perfect. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so James Franco's film debut. This was the first movie. Yeah, which I think is interesting. And then he'll shortly thereafter be in Freaks and Geeks this -hmm. year. Wow. Uh, which is a fantastic show. Um, so do you, I guess, I mean, we can talk plot, but are there sort of like macro things that really kind of jump out at you thematically or things that you loved about this movie? I mean, I think we should just dive right into okay. the things that are a little creepy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's talk do about that. that. Let's, let's talk about them. Let's, let's talk that. about them outside of the plot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are we going to, do you want to dive into the, the Sam Josie relationship or? Well, there's also the David Arquette yeah. thing too. But let's that's there worse. are so many. <laughs> okay. There are so uh, many. Let's on go. Second viewing. It's it's or yeah. not second, but like a recent, recent viewing, viewing yeah. that I glossed right past when uh, I watched this movie and Kenny fell super in love with in it. Now. Well, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I, mean, I, I actually wish I wrote them down because I didn't. But let's enumerate them. There are so many. Okay, well, obviously, there's our, our Josie, Michael Vartan yes, stuff. Sure. There's also her strange infatuation with little teenage wee boy. teenage with guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. much weirder. Whose name is Guy, whose yeah. shirts are so tight yeah. and unbuttoned so low. Yeah. Who is terrible to her. Yes. And terrible to everybody. Terrible to Lily. And, and she, also, in a weird twist of fate, two years older than Drew Barrymore actually is. That's bizarre. So anyway. Wait, What? When making this movie, he was two years older than her. Wow. So that... So I, I, there's that whole thing. I, all right. Let's, let's, yeah, <laughs> Stacey, you just opened such a big door. Um, let's... Jenny is ready. No, but let's... All right. Because I, I, I want to talk about... the. I want to talk, talk about each one of these individually. So should we start with, with Drew and Guy? Yeah. I mean, Josie sure. and Guy? Yeah. yeah. So my biggest issue with Josie and Guy, aside from the obvious issue of she's well aware that he's 17 mm-hmm. and she's well mm-hmm. aware that she's 25. Mm-hmm. But they kind I mean, they when she first sees him, she sees the guy really? that she she's loved back in the day. Really pretty. So do we, a are we led to believe that she's not even really seeing Guy? No. That she's... All right. No, no, no. She knows <laughs> who it I'm is. I'm trying, guys. I'm just... I, I'm, part of my problem outside of the obvious, you know, statutory stuff is... Uh, is the way she lionizes this guy. Um, that's that that's that, that's stuff that actually like gets in my stomach. This like fucking piece of shit <laughs> that that he actually is a. How do you really feel about it, Kenny? Not only is he a not not only is he a prize. She presents him in the article at the end. Yeah, as a as like this mm-hmm. great guy you wake up and go to school for. Mm-hmm. That's all the little. That's super oogie. Oogie. <laughs> There's really no other way there to say no it. There is no reason to wake up and go to school for any guy. There's that too. No. There's, and this yeah, one. It's, it's very interesting how they empower and disempower her throughout this movie. In really interesting ways. Like, I, I, I think, I mean, I think they're doing it for plot mm. rather than doing it for character. You know what I mean? Like, they just kind of, they, they pull her in the directions that they need to pull her in in order to continue the story going along. Sure. Which doesn't obviously do service to her character. But it does. Do you know what I mean? Like well, she's the, able to hold it together because she has such right. a clear vision of what this character right. is. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does feel like she's holding it together. She's kind of a. She's kind <laughs> With of every ounce of she her. Has all, she has like all ten fingers in the dike, you know. <laughs> and it's like actually osmosising yeah. through her body. Yeah. She's getting. She's bigger. like. She's going to do everything she yeah. can. Uh, so then there's the David Arquette situation. What's the gymnast's name? 
I don't know. But just gymnast. Six, okay. Sixteen-year-old gymnast. Child gymnast. One of my favorite. So this is the weirdest part of the movie. The number one weirdest part of the movie is the way she introduces herself. She says, hi, I'm 16. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we're going to lean into how inappropriate this is. It's weird. It's super weird. And and he crosses the line, I would say, more than anyone. Because there's a point where he's kind of grinding up on her. Oh, he's down. down. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, You got to wonder what happened off camera. Which is so weird because it seems (laughs) like you you introduce this character and say, hey, I'm 16. I'm a gymnast. You think the story is this guy like having to play his role as quote unquote high school student, but also like pushing her mm-hmm, away, you mm-hmm. know, so I got to maintain this reason, but I got to push her away. No, yeah. no, he's like, I also wanted no. to clarify that when no. I said off camera, I did not mean David Arquette as a human. I meant the character. No, the characters, that's, that's of course. making that yes. clear so we're not sued. Yes. Mm. No, of course. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, Employee, employee. Um, but he, I mean, he even wears like his entire costume to prom yeah. is wearing his underwear. Yeah, yeah. it's a. What, it's what are you doing, man? He's well, there's definitely an element of Arrested Development that he's embracing. That which, he's like, I have not. Is David Arquette's like right? go to for a while. In his a career. little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's interesting that he does kind of get his wits about him by the end, though, right? I mean, he basically says like, I can't cross the line with this care with this girl. Even though he wants to at the prom, right? That's when he basically gets his. He's not the only one. <laughs> a lot of people in this movie have lines like they don't. This are these are the girls I went to high school with. They're hotter than they used to be. I mean, the guy in the van says the that. The a lot van. of the people first, say that. The yeah. first thing that we see when the camera goes up to illegally film minors in a high school. Oh my god! What's not is, my favorite part of the movie? Forgot about that part. Is is a picture of the mean girls' asses as they're walking yeah. into yes. school? You know, like you do, arm in arm, and um, <laughs> sure, as you do, as you do, as you do. Uh, yeah, and he comments on on how great they look. Yeah, he I, does. I, I believe John C. Riley says something to the effect of I literally the, wrote this movie is packed with right. lecherous comments by men about high school girls. Yes. And <laughs> so, all right. So, now in the context of uh, trying to be consistent as a podcaster, um, I will try to defend our listeners. Respect. I will try to, I'm not really going to defend it because, like, I'm not going to defend it the same way I did in Cruel Tensions, but I'm trying to. Well, because the character who did totally that. totally different. The character who did that in, in Cruel Tensions died. So no one dies for these thoughts, but I do think this is a shitty kind of fucking defense, but I'll try. I do think this was articulate. I do think this was zeitgeisty. I do think this was the way people in general felt comfortable talking about 16, 17 year old girls at the time. So they're bad. And the the producers and and creators of this movie are bad. Oh, that makes me think about the the pedophile judge in uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, which was so brilliant, where he's just like that's bring exa- in the young girl. But that's exact, <laughs> but that's exactly yeah. oh my. my but like they embrace the dark. Yeah. So that, up this is the difference between between that movie and this yeah. movie, which is like, have you seen Drop Dead Gorgeous recently? No, not or, recently. Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's obviously a movie that invites being a lech a beauty towards shot. young towards shot. young yeah. girls, and they very cleverly make one of the judges like an open. <laughs> So, like, just like fully embracing like how an open pedophile. He kept saying, like, bring in the young girls. I mean, contestants. And he's like sitting there, oh like, sweating God. on the side, video, 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 uh-huh. videotaping him. And it immediately, like, immediately says, if you're sexualizing these girls, 
that's you. Yeah, it's on you. You know, right. you're that guy. But here in this movie, you're, it's like you're it's cool, you're funny. cool guy in the it's van. So you're a cool yeah. guy in the van who who brings a date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that he always brings a date to watch <laughs> young <laughs> girls. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, it's like cool guy in the van. <laughs> it's really weird. It's super weird. Yeah. It's it's super weird. So, but I, I do think there was a level of acceptance uh, in sure. 1999, yeah. and and a and a level a lack of awareness. Then you know, through the 2018 filter, yeah. it feels far more inappropriate than it, it did does. then. Yeah, it does. But the thing that always felt inappropriate <laughs> is the central. Yes. The, the it always for the the central conflict of this movie. And the central relationship of this movie. And it's not on Vartan. It's just not. It's just, it's just, it's, because at the end of this movie, he, he, all right, so he, he does a few things that I think are absurd and that no adult should do. Yes. He flirts with her when they're painting. Uh, they paint in each other's faces. Yes. They, oh, like, that's boy. Let's like, put it like this. It makes this movie sound insane. It's, it's, it's weirdly lovely despite this stuff. Yeah. But, like, they paint each other's faces. He gets on the Ferris wheel and snuggles on yeah. up. Yes. He confides in her yeah. about yeah. his own relationship. Yeah. There are some strange lines he that even, are crossed. I mean, he butts <laughs> right up against them and then, and then yeah. it starts to move back. But then it's like after the Ferris wheel, you think, okay, you had a moment. Huh? You confided a you thing. You stole a moment. I you would stole say. a moment. Yes. Initially, I think out of pity, he saw oh, a little nerdy girl riding yeah. alone. That's so sad. I'll go help her. But then he gets on the damn Ferris wheel, the most romantical of all the places. <laughs> I know. Reese Witherspoon could tell you that. Yeah. I, I know mean, it's a roller coaster. Then that's not romantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on. <laughs> and then he says these things to her. And then he says to her, I shouldn't have said these things to you. And then you'd think, yeah. all right, he's going to back off now. He realizes he's, he's crossed a line. And then cut to he's painting her face. Yeah. Not only that, it's so weird. they it's do super weird. I think I'm not even kidding. This is the craziest thing any character does in any 1999 movie. Thus they, far, they slow dance. <gasps> oh, right yes. at the prom. Cannot yeah. as yes. a teacher yeah. slow dance with a student at the prom. <laughs> End of story. Problematic Full with a capital stop. P. <laughs> and everyone's cool with it. Can you imagine everyone's if that happened in high school? No. no, no, I could, I couldn't conceive. I couldn't conceive of it. <laughs> it's so wrong. I couldn't conceive of it in 1950. I couldn't conceive of it <laughs> ever. It's crazy, but it's a credit to this movie. But it is shortly thereafter that she is. Outed. Whatever. She's outed. If if it was shortly thereafter they danced, it would have been a little more acceptable. If they had danced after she was outed, after she threw her tiara on the ground and speeched and things. But instead I'm twenty five, here's my license. Here I am. Now let's let's Let's, boogie. But it was her art. It's a different movie. It's a different movie. But instead, yeah. then she gets outed and he says, yeah. I can't look at you the same way anymore. And I'm like, yeah, as what? As a an 17 adult? year old who's unattainable? Oh, yeah, I didn't well, think I, that I, line so, is, is upsetting so when you think about well, it. Well, why, why I'm defending him is because I, I know where that line's coming from, which is basically, you lied to me. Not only that, you set me up. Be the sexual predator. Well, that's the, in bigger, a story. the bigger thing that he's worried he's become. I don't understand. Which she kind of did. He's susceptible to it, you know? Clearly. Some 17-year-olds like 25. You know what's so funny? And he's susceptible to, like, crossing that line. Here's what's interesting. When John C. Riley, What a weird movie. It's a so really weird, weird. movie. So weird. Especially John's, given how much we love it. <laughs> I know. It's really interesting. So John C. Riley says to her, I want you to do an expose on this teacher. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, okay. Like, just because of the tone of what it is, and it seems light, and what... That's insane. Like, she will destroy this man 
Completely. she actually was to go through with this. And then there's the counter argument, which is like, which is kind of what we're alluding to, which is like, maybe he deserved he it. He might so deserve like, it if he'd actually go there. Yeah, it's such a, I don't know, all of the inciting incidents. It's so weird which that this is movie like, even kisses up against that, I though. Know. The inciting incidents of this movie <laughs> so are one, Gary Marshall on a wind decides, by, by the way, I love him in this movie. Gary Marshall is so always playing the head of a company. So goddamn funny. He's so, <laughs> so fucking funny. funny. Like he's great. He, he's, it, it's just Wiping like thing it's like they didn't even give him a script. They just gave him his <laughs> lines, and they're like, "Say this one." He just says. Did you hear the the little tidbit of trivia that he has a line where he says, "I wouldn't even know my own daughter," and his daughter is in that scene, uh, <laughs> which is amazing. And oh she's my gosh. Like, Wait, which one is she? The she's one, the one like right as, next to him, dressed as Little House in the Prairie. I think so. That's what Gary Marshall said. Which, yeah, which one is she? Everyone dressed like one guy was cautions and. That scene were really weird, but yeah, anyway. it was. What a it, weird that was it. <laughs> so, inciting incident, inciting incident one is Gary Marshall on a whim decides my least, my my, my least seasoned uh, <laughs> should go undercover copy editor should go undercover to school for no reason other than I don't have a good relationship with my youngest son. Okay, and I don't understand kids again. Kids these days again. I yeah. don't care about that stuff. Whatever yeah. it takes to get me in the school, go crazy. Great. Number two, the Tribune, <laughs> the Tribune scoops them. And puts up a picture of the three hot girls. Multiple times. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. It's, it's like a pro-Tribune paper. It's like, it's, it's like Tribune propaganda. It's so weird. Uh, I know, because Ebert worked at the Sun-Times yeah, movie, and like the His whole movie's review. like how the Sun-Times sucks. Yeah. It like, sends people after like sexual predators who totally. may or may not deserve it. Meanwhile, the Tribune is like... And they still get scooped. Like, are all these... Like, like, who's like, scooping this story? Of all the stories. Like, like, of all the schools like, in all the world. All the mean girls. So bourbon hangout spots. So, like, they hang out at the what's it called the, the, at the court the court all right oh so number two is john c Riley sees the sees the <sighs> sees the picture of the girls at the court and the girl's like this is where you hang out why anybody in the entire world especially someone in the number two newspaper one of the major metropolises in the entire world home of barack obama decides <laughs> true story you could be covering a young barack obama but instead you're covering the court yeah. the court yeah. and number three is like John C. Riley decides, based on their spy cam, mm-hmm, yeah. that we should be going after this teacher because our jobs are on the line. Because the, because Gary Marshall said so. But it's yeah. actually like stakes. I, I can't even explain. I, I can't even explain what's going through my head. It's be, but weirdly, like all of this, like yelling at this movie. Makes me love it more. I know that's the thing that's so nonsensical. I just I love because it just it really is just coasting on weird. The ending really works because when she's standing there at the end, you honestly think he might not show. Yes, he probably shouldn't. Probably because he shouldn't, but then you're yeah. really wanting him too. Desperately. And she's standing there and she drops the mic and I want yeah. her shoes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just waiting. Oh, what a, oh it's also just like kissed. the look on her face. You're just, you, you are really yeah. invested. And this is part of the thing too, that I think that the director does really well. She's is like, don't you see how far she's lots come? Of close-ups on her face. She is just like, you're just in Josie's perspective, mm-hmm. you just really feel like the camera loves her, the script loves her, this director loves her, he wants us to love her, and we do. Oh, yeah. And that's why any of this insanity that we've just talked about works, Is, even in the slightest. You totally buy in. I mean, the, just the flicker of one of her eyeballs, yeah, and I you're know. tearing up. Yeah. She's it's like, uh, yeah. Th- it's weird. But they obviously use as you like it, which is like I mean, it's it's, it's amazing how often these teen movies yeah. uh, pull from Shakespeare. It's happened several times Clueless. so far. Yeah. Um, Jane Austen. Jane Austen. 
Oh, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> not, not to We're be close. A, not to be a total asshole. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but, but. Ye oldie. Yeah, um, an oldie. Yeah, I mean, Cruel Tensions, it's well, not. Well, She's All That is not Shakespeare, but that's also, um, oh my God. Uh, what's the goddamn, the, the one, oh my God. Just talk just so I don't look like a jerk. Cruel tensions, not Shakespeare, but also, but you also know, dangerous French li- right. French well, because I do think that that the exaggerated taming of the shrew. Taming the shrew, but I think that a lot of this is still f- not follow, but a ripple effect from Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, where they're mm. like, oh, great, we can do all this. I so this is as it. this is as you like it, to some yes. extent. Um, She's all that things, but I also uh, I, Pygmalion. Sorry. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, but I, God, every story has been told. Every story has been told by somebody <laughs> in high school. But, uh, the, the, the thing that kept going in my head at the end of this movie was another Shakespeare play, All's Well That Ends Well, which is true. Sure. If you stick the landing, you'll always send audiences home happy. Mm-hmm. And all this. Everything else doesn't matter. I don't know how, I don't really know what to call like <clears throat> the bulk of this movie because it's like, it's just like fun, candy, garbage like it's just like it's like a it's almost like being in a chuck e cheese like everything's crazy but also fun <laughs> and also colorful yeah. and also tastes good yeah. but then in the end like it's really really an amazing last five minutes yeah it's wonderful yep yeah well, it's i mean it, it as creepy and weird and and i don't think this movie could get made today as 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 uh no. as l said i just i think it's an amazing thing that it was made i think also and this also comes back to like Drew gets her hands on this script, decides she wants to produce this movie, decides that she, you know, she's going to use what clout she has in that moment to get this weird movie made that somehow breaks your heart. And I don't know. It's it's just, it's a, it's it's really well done. I don't know. Agreed. Do we have uh, any other problematic moments to talk about? Those are uh, the big ones that I can think of. Those are the big ones. I mean, there is, I mean, just along the lines of of. St- adults acting inappropriately um, around children uh, is I think that guy even, you know, it's, we've talked a lot about men oogling the ladies, but we also have guy when he gets his prom crown and goes up and fully kisses that weird teacher yeah. on the lips. You know, the one who mm-hmm. shames people with sombreros. And <laughs> that was so weird too. I, was, I, I hate that. That was not okay. No, that I, to do that to someone on their first day when they don't even know the rules, that's ridiculous. It's, <sighs> I mean, my God, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I hated it from a character perspective. I, yes. I felt so bad for my, my character. But some teachers are taught fucking. That's true. So, fair enough. But at any rate, her reaction when he kisses her full on on the lips and maybe slipped a little tongue is, you know, his reaction. I mean, her reaction was sort of like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. oh well, let me giggle a little yeah. bit and fan yeah. myself. And yeah. I was like, no, weird, creepy lady. It's a child. That's this, a, whole that's movie, a child. this whole movie does kind of make the argument that. It's okay to look, and it's kind of okay to touch too. Yeah, like that, it does, that does seem to be like, this is how it was pitched. What they're getting at, like, no. you, well, remember the American Beauty review, Ebert's American Beauty review, which was yeah. a, which was essentially like we all look and we all want to touch. Yeah. And Phil and I are like, like it's a known fact, no. bro. <laughs> Definitely not. Not okay. Okay, but here's what Comes I'll up say a lot in these about our beloved Vartan. Um, Did you fall in love with him 
from Alias? Is that where that? But the didn't Alias started? happen after this, mm, or were they simultaneous? No, I don't well, remember. There was definitely, definitely a crossover. I think it was after this. I think it was shortly after this. You're right. I think I Alias fell in love with him here. You're absolutely right. So where did he? How did this happen? I don't know. He just I, showed up like this. He just showed up, and they put him in a baggy <laughs> sweater, and he could basically swim in that thing. And you were like, "Yes, okay, kiss me." Yeah, but this is. <laughs> it's crazy to think this guy just got this role. Out of kind of out of like I'm just looking at nowhere. It's truly like I'm looking at his credits up until this point. It's like he he's got up you know one episode of Friends. Good on him, man. You know the casting was impeccable. This was a really well cast. This is a really really well. I fully agree. That's really interesting. But at any rate, to kind of just protect his character just a tiny bit, I will say that the the things he falls for in her Uh are the things that she brings as an adult. So he's not falling for kid her. He's not falling for the other kids in his class. He's falling for the adult version of her. Yes. I do think that I, agree I that. weirdly think that, that his role in this is the easiest to defend mm-hmm. because of that. Like he's such a conflicted And he's conflicted. Character. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to look at the writers of this movie and what they've gone on to do. Um, so they do never been kissed. Then they created a show that ran for four episodes called Opposite Sex, which I don't know of. Uh, they did a couple other TV things. Then they wrote, he's just not that into you. Hmm. Uh, then they did Valentine's it's day. Another Drew movie. He's not, he's just not. That it was, you. it was, she's one of the yeah. many people in that. Um, then they do Valentine's day, the vow that, um, uh, Rachel McAdams, Channing Tatum oh, that's, movie. That's oh. a good movie. Okay. No, it I really, it really it, is. So maybe it is a good movie. It really is. But what the the one that okay, <laughs> these people are geniuses. <laughs> but then they've done two movies recently. They did How to Be Single, which I have not seen. I have seen. I don't like that movie. But the 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 more interesting one maybe to talk about is I Feel Pretty, which they just did recently. I have oh. not seen. You have seen that? I have a, I have seen I Feel Pretty. Um well, the reason I bring that up is because it's also a problematic movie mm-hmm. in terms of how they they're treading in strange waters of perception of inner and outer beauty. And I don't really necessarily think they stick the landing on it, but it does seem to be a theme. I guess if you want to put this next, I feel pretty there's, there are some corollaries. They to, also directed that movie, right? That was our first direct, their first movie. I feel directed. pretty. Yeah. No, they didn't direct it. I think they did. Did they? You're right. They did. My apologies. They did. Uh, you're right. I'm wrong. Um, so I think there's something interesting there just in terms of them trying to some sort of commentary on superficiality Mm -hmm. and how we need to process that. But I'm not sure that either of these movies, I know neither of you have seen, I feel pretty. So it's, it's not an argument or discussion we can have, but (laughs) it's a discussion you could have, (laughs) but I, I, I guess I'm just sort of, I do wonder whether or not these writers are doing justice to what they're trying to talk about. I have a question for you about that movie. Yes. As the person who's seen it here. Sure. This movie, Never Been Kissed, has aged poorly in terms of its social commentary or lack thereof. The social commentary that could be made on this movie. Mm -hmm. Is it possible I Feel Pretty ages poorly? I think my sense is I Feel Pretty got caught up in a moment that was not interested in hearing its points. Mm. And I feel like I read several reviews and certainly Amy Schumer said this herself, though she's been, you know, kind of taking a task for it that um, 
I don't know that that it wasn't really trying to say what people were trying to attach to it. I I think that I think what you're saying is actually very interesting because I I do think that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. You know, this I feel pretty comes out what 3-4 months ago something like that, yeah. right in sort of the 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 heat of of everything that's going on right now. And I agree that it's probably not trying to make much of a statement. I think it's probably just trying to be a fun movie, a body swap sort of thing. And Amy Schumer is quite funny in it. And I mean, the movie has, I think the best of intentions, but I also think that it's kind of tripping over itself a little bit in terms of what it's really trying to say and then it just kind of wants to be like, it's all happy. She gets a boyfriend. It's fine. You're like, okay, but there's, I think there's more. He, you could have gone deeper on this. Whereas Never Been Kissed, I don't think that that was ever the, the no, modus no. operandi. Like, it was just like, let's have fun. It's a fun rom-com. Let's just do this. It's another way it's to send a romance. character back to, back to high school. Right. With, and it know, works. Another way to send a dork back to high school without doing time travel or body swapping or something like that. Right. And it, it, I mean, that's a great trope because... It works. Everybody it's wants fun. to go back to high school. But yeah. I, I want to talk and, just and quickly about the, the time travel thing, though, or the, the sort of magic realism, because in the, in the throat of this episode, we talked a little bit about uh, 13 going on 30, mm-hmm. which is a similar, sort of has a similar vibe, sure. at least if, in the sense that a fully committed lead actor who gets it and the movie works because of their charm and because mm-hmm. of what they're, so you, you buy in. Like, the buy-in works because of Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Garner, and I think that there's something to that. I don't think that Amy Schumer has the same likability. She certainly doesn't have the same likability of those two actresses. So, do you know what I mean? I think that mm-hmm. that's part of where this movie struggles a little bit, I think, is that Amy Schumer's a little prickly, and so there might be some. I didn't see any, but I, 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 I think it's possible. I mean, she's certainly likable in Trainwreck. So, she is. She's not unlikable in I Feel Pretty, but... Whatever. You guys haven't seen it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving upon. Let's talk about the plot of Never Been Kissed, shall we? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the movie opens in a baseball park. We're not really sure why, what the context is of this. And then... We are sure that it's not a dream sequence because she explicitly says that. Mm-hmm. So. She does. Yeah. And then we flash back to Josie as a copy editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, where we meet Molly Shannon and John C. Riley, who are always awesome. John C. Riley having basically just come off Boogie Nights. More or less. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Um, Big enough for the time that he gets the end. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, he did get the end. Over oh. Harry Marshall. Wow. And Interesting. Like the obvious end. 
I mean, the world hadn't really fallen in love with John C. Riley yet. Like, Step no, Brothers hadn't not happened. Step, yeah. and, right. You know, like, it wasn't. But um, Molly's costumes are bonkers in this movie. <laughs> Molly's character is bonkers. Every so. costume is bonkers in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Basically, every everybody. One, and I am... I'm in. Yeah, I'm there They're for it. So I 90s. love them so much. They're really. I mean, when she shows up in the in the boa at at the school, I mean, it's it's just again like that's why this movie works because you put Drew Barrymore in a boa and she shows up for high school and you're just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll watch her do whatever. Uh, Octavia Spencer shows up for not much of a role. <laughs> no, nope. uh, as I said, damn in the thrill, girl, you are a writer. Yeah, <laughs> if it came, <laughs> if it came out today, she'd get an Oscar nomination for it. <laughs> She's very good in it, though, but she just doesn't do very much. She doesn't do very much, but did you notice that while they're eating lunch, she brings three three frozen meals? Three! Three! I don't understand. I I was hoping it was for the three of them. It wasn't. (laughs) I know. I saw it. It wasn't. I didn't, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> so then Josie and Anita talk about... Uh, Anita's Molly, Molly Shannon. Anita, sorry, is Molly Shannon. They talk about really being kissed at lunch, and we sort of talked about the potential virgin uh, elements there. Uh, do we think that Josie's expectations of love are realistic? Oh, she says something so good. I don't remember if it was here, because I, I knew there was a line that I loved so much. Something about the the... Something about the the happiest you've ever been, and the and being so scared that it's all going to go away at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That to me, that's like the perfect encapsulation <laughs> of what it feels like to be like in in it in and, that moment. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I, I I think this. So you don't think that Josie's expectations of love are unrealistic? No, I think that should be your expectation. Okay, but I I think. Uh, I mean, I think you have to buy into it to buy yes. into this movie because you sure. have to buy into you have to know that even I mean, maybe they're slightly unrealistic right. down the line. It's a movie, but yeah. But it's you yeah. know you like that's what you're looking for here. I think so too. I also think like it's very hard to sell the idea that character A writer. Oh yeah, you sure? <laughs> sure. And they kind of do it, which is really hard. So they do it. I, I think that's uh, that's to its credit. I, I mean, I, I agree. We then have this this. I guess it's I don't I, I, it's a company meeting of some sort. I don't know who these people are, but they're dressed up like I don't know stand-ins for some Wait, sort of weird. Yeah. We have to pause Please, because yeah. before the board meeting, we see Drew Barrymore at home. All right, in that weird sweater dress, <laughs> <laughs> which you also want. No, I don't want that one. You don't want that one. I don't. I, I'm out. I don't want that one <laughs> or any of the pillows on her bed. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's. I, she's a heartbreaking character. It's so sad. She she talks to her turtles. What are did she name her turtles? I can't remember if she named them. Well, she she doesn't have a shower. It's really sad. It's a really sad <laughs> existence. Like how could you not get a shower in your apartment? <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. It's she's living a dark life. It's it's dark. Um, she can't afford shampoo. It's so like, then. So Just then we have this company meeting of some sort. It feels like a pitch meeting or something. <laughs> but either way, there's a guy dressed up in like the puffy shirt from Seinfeld. It Are looks you talking like about Roger <laughs> from Op-Ed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Roger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Roger what from he Op-Ed. That's he how he, he's a man who knows how to dress. It's Alan Next Covert. to a woman who's every, supposed uh, to be churning butter, it looks like. You know what? Yeah, that one was weird. She's an Amish country. <laughs> you know I just put this together. I bet Drew Barrymore put him in 
as a favor to Adam Sandler. Because that's Alan Covert. Oh, that's that's right. Sandler's that's, that's, yeah. He runs the company now. He's like Sandler's oh, really? best friend. Yeah. And <laughs> he's in all the be. Sandler movies. And I bet he was. I bet and Sandler's Andrew like, Wilson yeah. feels like also, uh, that feels like also, uh, she's friends with Luke Wilson. Oh, yeah. And he's also in Charlie's Angels. It feels like that's a that's also. I bet it is. Could be. So. Takes care of her own. Is there a yep. uh, I will say I was impressed at this board meeting at okay. the number of genders represented, yep. the true. number of colors represented, the ages of people represented. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a bunch of young, shiny people. You're right. I agree with that. Here's what I also thought was interesting is that there's a camera, there's an angle at the end of the conference room table, uh, like, you know, where you're sitting, right? And there's this shot and there's like... <laughs> There's like a, a pad of paper and a pencil and like a thing there, uh-huh. but there's no one sitting in that chair. It's like the audience Elijah. is at this <laughs> meeting with them. Yes. Elijah, yes, it's Elijah. It's, it was an interesting choice. I know. Let's put it that way. That's a, um, I don't want to get too far into it. That's, that's a pretty classic pornography angle. <laughs> oh, you don't, you, you really? You don't want to get too deep into this, really? Okay. Moving on. Uh, Gary Marshall tells basic, goes on this whole rant about how he doesn't know kids, doesn't understand kids these days, and gives Josie this assignment to go undercover as a 17-year-old. Uh, and she's thrilled because she's finally, this is her big chance. Yes. There's also, just to rewind slightly, but there's that first scene with John C. Riley where he's basically saying to her, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be, you're, you're too boxed in. You know, he moves the, the nameplate on her door and freaks. Yeah, but, and I think that that's interesting too, that she's just sort of, that there's a, how deep this fear is for her. So I do love that she's grabbing the bull by the horns and that she's really excited about trying to sort of like change up her life, which I think is really sweet. Yeah. Uh, At this point, I wrote the premise of this movie is ludicrous, but I'm still on board. (laughs) Like what is her really her assignment? Nobody actually knows. He doesn't tell her. He just says, you're going to high school. And And not only that, they invest in roll on Friday. And then I kept, I was like, enroll on Friday. Like what? Enroll on Monday. At least on Monday. Like you can't send her to school on and a Friday. Invest all this money in the technology of this, like I don't know. They invest all this money into into this story. You do <laughs> like it's not like it's it a drug curious. ring that they're trying or like this is you know. really like one of those just like. All right, there's so many decisions in this movie that was made as you kind of said earlier in service of the plot. Mm-hmm. I just fucking let go. Like yeah. you just you let go. To. That's you true. Have to. Yeah. Uh, Josie goes to her brother, Rob, played by David Arquette, to figure out how to go undercover for this piece, which I think is great. Because when she sees him, he looks like he's undercover. Like, he doesn't look like a real human. Like, why is he dressed up in this crazy clothes? I was just like, is he an undercover cop or something? It's I just mean, crazy. because that's what you do when you work at the Luau copy place. I mean, obviously. Oh, right, right, right. You the know, Luau copy place. I think that I... The Luau copy place. That's really what it yeah. was. I think that... Probably 60, 60, 70 years ago, in the Brown Derby, you had Lionel Barrymore and Louis Arquette <laughs> sitting there and saying, Someday, our someday children, our children are going, to, our grandchildren <laughs> are going to play brother sister pedophiles in a movie. <laughs> We and, can only hope. It's going to make 80 mil. It's going to make 80 mil. And Lewis is like, $80 million. That's as much money as there is in the country. So, <laughs> oh, my God. I know. That's, that's amazing. I do love picturing yeah. the two of them together. Oh, uh, what's a pedophile? <laughs> Somebody thinks a 16 year old. You mean like my third wife? Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's saying which one it was. Right, yeah. So, Leave it up to the audience. Yes, yeah, we have. Uh, uh, it was Lionel. There's some really nice uh, transitions in the bathroom. 
I actually love this bathroom sequence here because it feels like this is a real kind of like come to Jesus moment for mm-hmm. Josie. Mm-hmm. There's the toilet paper to, I think, Kleenex. The, yeah, the, the flying toilet paper transition. It's a classic. <laughs> Everyone loves it. It's interesting. I noticed it. Uh, and then I really liked the shot of Josie in the bathroom in the mirror with her younger self. Like, yeah. I know that it's a trope and it is what, but like, it works really well. And she's, again, she looks so crushed that you're just like, now you're, I think anyway, this is the moment for me when I'm fully invested in the success of her at this high school and hoping that this actually works out for her. Completely. Yeah. Oh, here are my notes on that moment. Yeah, please. Oh my God. The flying toilet paper transition to a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't every movie do this for me? I want this soundtrack immediately. Oh my God, that geeky run. I'm in love. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I hope we use a toilet paper transition now on Station 19. Oh, it's fully going to have to happen now. <laughs> now that I know how amazing oh it can be. Uh, so now we're at first day of school. Josie's outfit, obviously insane. Uh, also, I mean, are there metal detectors at these schools? I, apparently. Is that a thing that happens? I mean, it, it, it happens now, yeah. but I Does guess it, hap- it happened in 1999. I guess. Did we, have we seen it in any other movie? We have not seen it yeah. in any other movie up until this point. We've, we've covered a handful of teen movies either way. Uh, so there's that. Which is never touched upon again. But I don't think that's crazy. No. I think like at the time we, we kind okay. of. It's, that. it's never touched upon again. And she goes in and out of that school so many times. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Uh, you know, um, it's such a weird little throwaway thing. Mm-hmm. That guard was hilarious. Yeah, he was. You guys, he, was good. he was so funny. Yeah, he's great. He, projectile. Yeah. You know, what do you say? It's a projectile shader. There's a weapon. There's a weapon. He's so good. Yeah, he's great. Uh, then I wrote, Josie is late for class, so she has to wear a sombrero, <laughs> which is Kenny's face right now is just, he's just sad about it. Uh, Josie goes to English class. She meets Sam, played by Michael Vartan, who is great in this. Uh, and I truly honestly thought Elias was before this. So now I'm even more impressed by this performance because it's, it's basically out of the ether that they just like, they just plucked him plucked out. Him out. He's there great. he is. Uh, Josie tries to talk with Jessica Alba and her mean friends in the cafeteria. One of whom is Marley Shelton. Marley Shelton. Marley Shelton. Yes. One of whom, the third of whom is Jordan Ladd. I only know yes. that because I looked up, but that's the daughter of Alan Ladd Jr. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, granddaughter of Alan Ladd Sr. But Alan Ladd Jr. famously produced Star Wars. And kind of I didn't know that. Yeah, well, he ran Fox. But he was like a, the young executive who championed Star Wars. The three of them are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some... Some choice moments. I don't. I don't know why they were. They had choreographed dancing together at that. Oh, that was weird. We're gonna have to was, talk about. We have to talk about that the whole shit. shit. <laughs> that that yeah. weird reggae club that yeah. everyone in town goes to. to. Yeah. On it's a really night, weird. Where there's just open drug use. Anyway, we'll talk about we'll it. Talk, we'll get to the club. Uh, it's weird. But um, this is our introduction, Jessica Alba and her friends. And Jessica Alba, again, this is, and I said this on our Idle Hands episode. She's really funny. Mm-hmm. Like she I actually is. think Jessica Alba has really good timing and can be really funny and was never really used that way because she was, is a tremendously beautiful woman. And I guess pretty women aren't allowed to be funny in Hollywood. So it's just sort of this, I mean, obviously they are, I'm being facetious, but I just no, think one, that, one that no, it's, it's a bigger hurdle. It one, feels one that at a way. time. It's Cameron Diaz was, and then right. Who's it now? Uh, well, whatever. I mean, they're, they're, it's it's not that way now, but it was that way but it felt in that the way. 90s yeah. and yeah. 2000s yeah. where like, if you're going to have a funny person, you can get Cameron Diaz, then you can get Salma Blair a little bit. 
and Christine Applegate. Right. That's they all did that movie mm-hmm. together. But that was like the Swedish thing, it. the Roger Cumble joint. Yeah. Was it really? I'm not going to talk shit about them. <laughs> Soon to hopefully be on this podcast. Uh, so I just, I think it's interesting. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, you don't remember my story about Roger Cumble? You don't listen to me when I talk to you, do you? We've done a lot of podcasts. He tunes so out. I've been watching him. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I think it's just it's interesting. The way it is in the writer's room, too, right? <laughs> yeah, yes. basically. Can't belong to sit there in the corner twiddling his yes. thumb. So, you know. He's like, is he done talking <laughs> like, yet? Yeah. Okay, great. I got a pitch. <laughs> But I, I think I just think it's interesting that they went all in on Jessica Alba being a dramatic actress when I actually think she is really funny and I think that it's a wasted opportunity. They went all in on her being a sex pot. Well, that too. You know? Uh, honey. Honey. I don't know what else she was in. Just Honey? She was in Honey. She was in Honey. She was uh, she well, into, the, into, into the Deep. Yeah, Into, into the, the Deep. Or something she like the, that. She was in Bikini movies. Fantastic Four. And yeah, she, she was in that. She was in two of those well, with a terrible dark, wig. She did Dark Angel. I mean, she had a whole like, right. superhero she was in TV dark Angel. Bent. Uh, That's she, interesting, but she is funny. Like she's legit, funny. yeah, I mean, really funny. she is. She hosted the. I said this on the Idle Hands podcast. She hosted the MTV Movie Awards once and was so funny in the vignettes that they pulled from that. Um, that I don't know why everyone didn't see it. Like, let's give yeah. her a shot. I don't. She get would it. have been really good. Um, well, she's going to be on a new television show now. Well, she's going to be in the Bad Boys show, right? Yeah. She would have been LA's really, finest. She would have been really good in a half hour. Single cam network comedy, mm. in like a yeah, like a Porsche, yeah. Porsche de, de Rosa role Rosa? in um, yeah. Arrested Development. She would have killed it. I actually think that um, it's when they announced the Bad Boys thing for television. I was like, why can't that be a movie? Like, I don't know why you can't just have the two. You know, uh, it's it's just one of those things that I wonder I, if it would do well. I I think it would. I think that if you found a way to sort of actually like branch it into out of, they're making another Bad Boys movie anyway. I mean, it, it just feels like they could have been sort of a, a yin and yang situation. doesn't matter. They're not doing it. Whatever. <laughs> well, Gabriel Union just opened up this one movie. This, uh, like last week. Yeah. Like, this movie just made a lot of money for nothing more than her star power. Like she's still, to me, someone you could put on a poster and I want to know what she's doing. So I think it could have. I know. It would have been interesting. It's a different role, too. It would have been interesting. You put the two girls on the I poster, know. bad girls, whatever you're going to call it. Yeah. I think it would have been cool as shit. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Anyway. Moving on. I guess uh, so in this I'm not going to watch the, the show that only exists on Spectrum yeah, cable Charter. networks. But That's weird. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Josie, in this cafeteria stuff and in these early scenes, breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's because Drew is so great. But it's just, you just feel like you're watching a kitten get dragged behind a car. Oh. You're just like, make it stop. It's so sad. Please be nice to this girl. You do, but she also has a little bit of a backbone. I mean, like she sits down at lunch, they're super mean to her, That's and true. she glosses right past it and just gets right in there to try and get the story. Tell me your hopes and dreams, she says, <laughs> with chocolate milk on her lap. Oh, I love, I love it. Yeah. That's what I get for wearing white after Labor Day. That's right. No, and I'm wearing like, white jeans because I have the. That's what yeah. you get for wearing white jeans after 1983. Yeah. I, I think that I fully agree with you. And I do love the fact that, <laughs> that she's. Trying to be a good reporter on this insanely stupid <laughs> mission, you know what I mean? That she's like, yes. I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the story, and then she later at one point, John C. Riley, she calls him and, and pitches him an idea for this story, and he's like, No, 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 that's not a story. I don't remember what the pitch was, but it was coleslaw. Just, <laughs> <laughs> she would get to the bottom of the coleslaw. Yeah, which David Arquette <laughs> later does get to the bottom yeah. of the coleslaw when he eats when the, he entire, eats the bucket. entire bucket. Yeah, and you know what? It's, 
I've read so many school lunch stories. That would have been a good story. <laughs> are you kidding? What's really? What are they really serving? What our are they kids? really serving? Yeah. Uh, in a weird little thing that I noticed. Uh, so we have. So they steal Josie's car mm-hmm. because everyone in the school is a monster. Oh, the worst. Clearly. They steal her car and they put it in the middle of the football field. And then her and Lily meet up on the football field, and the marching band is playing the Simpsons theme. They are. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Which I think is fantastic. From the beginning with it. Yeah. Da, yeah, it's da, fantastic. That's yeah. great. Uh, I, I liked all That's this. I liked Lily in this movie. I thought she was really charming. Yeah, I, I know. Too. I know what you're saying, that she's very pretty, and she is. That's what I'm getting at. But I don't know. And I think that they could have nerded her up a little bit more. They did give her the nerdiest... Headbands? Headbands I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, those they those, things, really, are, those they were things are terrible. as thick as my forearms. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies, I got pretty thick forearms. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Popeye, who's also in this movie later. Yeah. Um, don't the women find Popeye attractive? Like, Do they? No. Yeah. <laughs> Good note. Uh, I like the, I mean, I know you mentioned it earlier, but I, I don't know. I, I like the subtext of discussing as you like it. I know that it happens a lot, it's in, fine. but it, in teen stuff, but it just, it works. There's I think nothing that, wrong with that when you're, when you're like, actually, you have a dual purpose. You're actually educating. Totally yeah. You're educating the audience on some, something classic that maybe they should and just investigate like, further. Just, just discussing themes of disguises. And, and obviously that's in a lot of Shakespearean work, but I just think that it's really great. It, and obviously it speaks to, you know, Josie being into disguise. But um, then James Franco shows up. <laughs> um. I so let's talk a little bit about David Arquette. What are your thoughts on David Arquette? I mean, as an actor, and just in terms of like his oeuvre, in terms of the movies that he's been in, because like for me, it's Scream, mm-hmm. and he's amazing in Scream. Best. He's amazing in Scream, and then everything else, he just feels really weird. Like his weirdness yeah. works in Scream, and it doesn't always work in other things. Yeah, I, I find him. I mean, I found him really delightful here, mm-hmm. but there was a lot less of the weird. And overall, yes. Yes. you know, I'm not probably the biggest fan of his. But at this point in this moment, there was an, enough of an innocence there that I wasn't turned off. I agree with that. That's a good way. Of I think it. I feel the exact same. Yeah, this is the sec- This is after Scream, probably the the second most palatable. Yes, after the Scream franchise, the second yeah. most pal- palatable I've ever kind yeah. of found him. Yeah, and then yeah, Ravenous is weird and Ravenous. Uh yeah, I don't really like that role. <laughs> he's he's just weird in it. Isn't yeah. it funny? Oh, he's the he's probably the one who's like, we should get my buddy Raja to do it. Yeah, and everyone's <laughs> that like, would get him be, the fuck out of here. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Like, or oh, just yeah, what are you talking or about? Every, everybody like tore into Raja, and then he like peeled off with the yeah. actor, and he was like, you know what? Like, I don't think you're that bad. Like, I actually think it could work out. And then he's like, you're gonna be a never being like, Morally, <laughs> how do you feel about pedophilia? Morally. Morally speaking. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so then George shows up, our favorite cool guy in the van. Oh, George. Oh, yeah, yeah, George. Uh, so about guy. Got the wrong cool guy. There's actually th- Gus, George, guy. There's a lot of Gs. Yeah, yeah there are. It's weird. Yeah. But it's, it's a choice. Uh, so <laughs> Gus... <laughs> so, <laughs> so Gus... Always assume, assume intent. It was definitely right? a choice. It was yeah. a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just like that guy is called guy. Yeah, hot guy. Yeah. We're going to call him hot guy. Hot yeah, guy. 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 Yeah. I like that now in my head intent, I associate with, you're right over there? Mm. Can you just, I know we got one more of these. Um, uh, after the Phantom Menace episode, 
that was when Eric was like, I think George Lucas might have had intent. And I was like, you know what? The fucking might have had intent. Intent. Maybe he did. I don't know. And now I'm going to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You should. Uh, Gus calls up Josie and says that George, the surveillance guy, has this camera and you're going to do this and it's going to be great. So she's going to wear a pilot wings brooch for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. As you do when you're a cool chick in high school. You know, eventually so the other cool chicks start wearing them too. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Is that true? Awesome. At the mall, I love that detail. When they go shopping at the mall and they're going down the little escalator, they all have them on their sweaters. That's really, that's a great that's detail. A, yeah, it's yeah, a good. I love that. Good observation. Yeah. No, but I think that that's like I think that's also yes, but also like that's a, that sort of attention to detail is what makes movies like yeah, this work. I agree. Sure. If you phone it in, it's just not. It just doesn't work. It's like in uh, Saved by the Bell when Kelly Kapowski comes in with a pizza on her head, and mm-hmm. then everyone else starts wearing a pizza on their head. It's just like that. It's just you know? like that. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the, this is going to be so Rufus. I don't know how I feel about this whole Rufus <laughs> thing. Stop trying to, stop trying stop to make trying Rufus happen. It thing. It's just yeah. like, what's going on? Rufus. Uh, I actually think, I said, this is such a weird thing for me to say. I usually hate shit like that. But the commitment to Rufus in this movie, I really like. <laughs> they like, did commit to they it. They commit to it. They At the really end, do. Drew Barrymore is like, you look Rufus. And it's just <laughs> like, all right, you're in. Uh, Super fetch. We're at the club now, guys. What are our oh, thoughts the on the club? I think What's Stacey with the band of... at the club? Like, what is that dancing? No, no. The, the, oh, there's like there's yeah. like a band well, playing or the, something. They dance too. The memes are dance. doing synchronized dancing, yes. and then the band is doing synchronized yes. jumping. <laughs> the Mean Girls with their like they're 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 like a little catwalk dance with the head thrown back yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty Rufus. <laughs> well played. Um, it's pretty right. All right, let's let's unpack everything um, stupid about this scene. Uh, you want to go like you want to go around the horn? The brownie. I'll, I'll start. All right, you went. You started the brownie. The brownie. How, well, she gets really hyper off the brownie. Super hyper. It's, I, mean, I would I be on the floor taking a, P- a nap. Yeah, it was a like, PCP brownie. That's oh, what, is that what it was? No, I'm okay. No. I don't know because <laughs> I was like, why is she? Wouldn't she be super mellow? It was an Adderall brownie. Um, it's insane. I think it's crazy that Vartan hangs out at this bar. <laughs> Period. <laughs> that his, that his fiance his comes in town fiance. from New York, and he's like, "You got to chill. Got to come hang bar. over here." That the girls in my school go to so often, they have choreographed a dance mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. yeah, reggae band. It's also weird that Drew Barrymore's assistant comes to this place. The weirdest part of the movie, <laughs> and he's like, "That's my boss." Yeah, <laughs> so weird. I know. Even, yeah, even until the assistant, weird. Yeah, he, yeah. He's also an idle hands. He's what? He's an idle hands. Oh, that's right. He's, He's one, one of the one cops. Of the cops. Yeah. Oh, wow. God. I know. This year, the gift that keeps yeah. on giving. Well, <laughs> sort of. We only got 150 more yeah. of these. Uh, okay. So what is the theme of this club exactly? Is it Rastafarian? Is it yeah. a reggae yeah. sort of situation? It, well, yeah. Because that, that band had apply. like a ska kind of vibe. Well, remember, this is another thing that like we're coming up against not in '99 all the time. With all right, so everywhere, the first swingers, yeah, and the, that, that, yeah. that swinger ska moment. Yeah. That first lie Rob tells about Josie was that she dated the drummer of the Cherry Pop and Daddies. Yeah. These Cherry Pop and Daddies, Big Bad Voodoo Daddies, and Brian Seltzer. Oh, there was Setzer another one too. Uh, Squirrel Nut Squirrel Zippers. Zippers. They mm-hmm. keep coming up in these movies. <laughs> Like Mighty Mighty Boston's like they keep coming up like these were this was it. This was culture. They were so cool. I know this is culture this was and like, it was so weird. Yeah, it's insane. 
Oh, yeah. And those names yeah. are so ridiculous. I heard you dated the Cherry Pop and Daddies. That's that's. I'm I'm a, I'm in a room with two women. I'm embarrassed to say this right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I, <laughs> it's just it's amazing. Uh, I feel like, I mean, also, Jessica Alba has like an afro. Oh, scene, I didn't even notice. She that. has this like really poofed up thing that I didn't. I was believe. so distracted by the by the dancing. I didn't even yeah, see her hair. It's fair. No, I just fair. I felt like I was tripping watching the sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe that was bit. the plan, guys. How did know. they wind up there? I don't know. I don't know. All right, On maybe a it's like night, yeah. It's it, also a bar that clearly will let minors drink. That's true. Well, yes, but it's a suburb <laughs> bar that the assistant hangs out in. It's. I mean, clearly, it's the most hip happen in place. Yeah, yeah. in it's, all of town. Yeah, it's this or the court. Yeah, that's true. It's the peach pit of this of this town. Weird Apparently. things happen. You never know like what the cool place you guys you guys have you guys ever like visit a high school, visit a college friend in their hometown during college mm-hmm. and they're like uh and you go to like the place to hang out and the place to hang out is like some like nature preserve where there's like <laughs> beekeepers or whatever. There's, yeah, we just hang out in Beeville. And you just like <laughs> I guess that's what we do here. I mean, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not event. kidding. Like, we, I, I, my friend from high school hung out at this all night, all night uh, crab joint, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna go to the <laughs> okay. crab house." It's like, all right, the crab shop, and like this where everyone hangs out in town. It's like the crab the joint, the crab joint. All right. So, uh, so now we get, I mean, the most crushing moment of the movie, which is the flashback of her mm-hmm. getting egged by Billy, because oh. Billy is the devil, truly a monster. I mean, just a, who would do that to another human being? But anyway, so then she. Gets egged, and she... It's a lot of setup for a really <laughs> cruel payoff. I mean, if you fair. Want, it's so... It, I, I, I do. I love it. It's my favorite part of the movie. Then, I mean, listen, there's a lot of buys in this movie, so I'm not going to say that this is... But Rob then enrolls in high school so he could get into major league baseball, minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not sure I... I I don't know. Listen, I went to the reggae club with them. I will go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. So he shows up. Can one? And, so, all right. I assumed yes. that Gary Marshall pulled some strings to get Drew into this high school. Who pulled the strings for Rob? <laughs> he didn't need it. He had an ID. Didn't he you see? He brought his fake ID. He showed from it. The oh, the fake ID. Tiki oh, place. he's just he's. And it actually is kind of true. He is just kind of showing up. Yeah. He just, he just shows up. up. And it's like, it, I'll get it's into like a big yeah. enough high school where everyone's like, yeah. oh, I just m- must have never noticed this guy. So yeah. he just showed up and was the hottest schools guy. Yeah. And then I think it, I mean, it's sort of very loosely tangentially connects to the baseball diamond. Because he's yes, actually yes. working yes. there at the end. Yes, that's true. But it's, I mean, it's a, it is a character motivation, but it's not the best one. Uh, he was also trying to do a solid for his sister. Oh, just to be there to help her out. Oh, right. Because yeah. the whole, the whole. The um, rumors thing that he starts up to make her cool because he knows she ain't gonna do it well, on her own. He also that I, that I, I, that I, and he didn't cool. do it the first time around. Coulda did. I want to make a point about <laughs> this thing. This movie depicts what I think is the biggest parental nightmare there is. Number one, period, biggest parental nightmare there is. Same oh, thing. you're both parents, so the same sh- thing. Is, you know, do you have daughters? Uh, yeah, I have one. Same thing that happens in Welcome to the Dollhouse. The biggest parental nightmare oh, to me. Is that you have your daughter getting bullied by a boy? That's fucking terrifying. That's interesting because that. Well, that's why they and they and they do it in movies so infrequently because it is so scary. And that's to me why Welcome to the Dallas is scary is one of the scariest movies of all time because 
I'm bullying you turns into I'm going to rape you after school. Mm-hmm. And that is so fucking scary. So this movie, I think that's like an underrated element of this movie is like she's getting egged by a boy who did all this to her. It's awful. Who knew she awful. liked him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's as bad as life gets. It's and awful. I think David Arquette, when he found out about this, probably feels like the biggest piece of shit in the world that he had the ability to maybe stop this and he right. didn't. Yeah, um, because I the first time around he didn't. I mean, he's the one, he yeah. didn't he say he was the one who came up with her nickname? No, Josie Grossi. Josie Grossi. And then yeah, it, yeah. it took on a life of its own. So I feel like he's, you know. A little culpable. Yeah. I don't disagree with You that, buy me on the biggest parental nightmare thing, right? Yeah, I, that's, if my daughter I, I never even by a boy, I would it. just, I, I, I don't know. What can you do? I don't even know what you do. What do you do? Thank God I, she has a twin who's going to beat her, beat him up. <laughs> Yeah. I'm leaving this all in Rollins' hand to beat people up. Oh, no. When future Rollins listens to this uh, episode. my poor boy. Because uh, I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> so Sam gets on the Ferris wheel with Josie, and we have our Ferris wheel scene. Um, Rob starts spreading cool rumors about Josie throughout the school. Yeah, uh, which is sleeping with a drummer of Jerry yeah, and Dad. Which is insane. Uh, the school has to change its prom theme. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. There is a yeah. creepy piece to the rumors that he's spreading, too. When he talks about... His own sister being amazing in bed. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. <sighs> I wrote in all caps, I'm really not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> I think you know how you feel about this. <laughs> gross. I feel it's, gross it's about awful. it. It's awful. Uh, I forgot about that. This is the thing. As you're watching this movie, these things are happening, and they're, pl- they're, they're so kind of thrown away that you don't really stop for a second and say, like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do that. Uh, the school has to change his prom theme and they ask Josie for her thoughts, which I love because now she's the cool kid in health class that suddenly Michael Vartan is teaching so they can have (laughs) (laughs) sex ed with Molly Shannon and condoms on bananas. What was that? I don't know. That was one of those. That was just one of those. Like that was, we have Molly Shannon. It's a TV thing, right? Like that's something you would do in TV where you're like, all right, we got this sexual character. We got like, you know, we got high school. Like, how can we bring these two people together? Do the funniest thing, you know? Sex ed. It's, but it's more like a season six thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season six. It's, may not get yeah. picked up for season seven. Might as well. I'll try it. Yeah. It was on the board in season two. Yeah, but, it's just yeah, been on just, the board. Yeah. We just keep putting arrows every yeah. season. <laughs> we'll try it next year. But it, it's also just, I don't even really know what um, purpose it serves, other than for some banana dick jokes like I'm, I'm i don't mean to be glib but like Banana i'm not really joke. sure what it actually <laughs> propels in terms of story nothing nothing okay. anyway uh right oh and then that's where uh where molly shannon says something about a rash for the class she like leans oh, over yeah. and they have like a moment and molly's like oh yeah don't worry josie that rash will go away soon or something like that like just why are you throwing her under the bus anyway it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> it's just weird. It's super, super weird. Uh, Josie becomes friends with the popular kids. Uh, Rob gets on the baseball team. Like these are these are all just like these things happen. Yeah. Uh, Josie wears those giant running shorts. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love those. Those shorts. are fantastic. Those. My dad wears shorts like that every day nice. at home in his house. Uh, then Josie goes to her teenage bedroom with Guy. Oh yes. So here's a question for you, because I feel like, and this ties a little bit into our American Beauty episode, which is that in this moment, and I do feel like in Josie's feelings, if you want to call that, let's just say her relationship with Guy, do we feel as though she's regressing back to like her younger self? 
Because like in American Beauty, you've got Lester who is doesn't mm-hmm. see issues with trying to have sex with Mina Savari because I don't think in his head he sees himself as a 40-whatever-year-old. Is that what we're led to believe in this moment? Because it's her teenage bedroom. Like, there's all these things that feel like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm just sort of putting it out there. Because there there does feel like she knows there's something wrong with it, and yet she's also kind of... Happy about it. Happy about it. Yeah. Well, she's happy that she's now a prize. So, like, she's ascended to the top of this social ladder, which is very important. Sure. And I would argue the, the movie thinks it's pretty important, too. So right, yeah. that's right. a little troubling to me. Um, the Lester thing is a little different. I, no, I know. I'm, 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 the only reason I'm asking it is because it does feel like a theme that we have talked a lot about in the movies we've covered thus far, and it does seem to be something that sort of we feel in, in a lot of the 99 movies, is arrested development, regression, you know, ma- gender roles, masculinity, femininity, and, and all of that. I don't know. There's something there. There's something to a character that's grappling with that and, and having and struggling with moving forward. I mean, Josie obviously hasn't had maybe the opportunities, but then I would also say that it feels like she's, she wants something really special, which I think is mm-hmm. totally understandable. So I don't know. Well, and even at its core though, even if it's less about, you know, a potential romantic thing here, it's just about getting the do over. Right. You know, I really think right. for her in this moment, right. it's I have a chance to go redo that terrible thing that happened to me and I got egged on my porch. I could go to a prom and be the belle of the ball. Okay. I mean, I, you know, here's, here's the thing I was impressed by in that scene. I think that any hot, and I say hot in quotes, guy yeah. who's asking anyone to prom in a bedroom of any kind then expects a makeout section after it. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. He doesn't go there. They don't kiss. Nothing happens. That's yeah. true. And I was surprised... I was surprised. Yeah. I, I, mean, I was too. <laughs> I thought he'd at least go in for it and she'd have to give him the cheek or find a way right. to like That's get out of it gracefully. And he didn't. He was, he was a very gentlemanly. He was a gentleman in the, under these very strange oh, yeah. circumstances. In a well, very weird way. Yeah. Be- maybe because. In, this but this is, is the same guy that weird. makes out with the teacher later. I know. So yeah. you're just like. Bah. So maybe it's because like in his heart. He considers himself to be a very good guy. Um, and, but, but I'm not saying that as a compliment. He only gives respect to people that his social group has decided deserves respect. Right. So when he respects a person, he respects a person. But if they are outside of that group, like nerdy teacher or nerdy girl in school, he treats them like total garbage. Mm -hmm. And I can see, I, I, I can kind of believe that there are people like that, um, who in their head. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I I buy that. And I think it's that's like what they were going for with him. I think he's a very weird character. I'm not. I, they really wanted. They really wanted to have their cake and eat it. They really did. Him. There was a yeah. lot of. Yeah. He, they've got. They're twisting him into all sorts of pretzels. Yeah. Um, mm, his creepy smile when he's crunching he, on her. Yeah, playing that guitar, looking over his shoulder. He's, he, you know, he's, so he's creepy. And yeah, and he's so few buttons. So few buttons. Just like, one, just, even one more. And also, so like, pale, he looks like something from like a CW vampire show. I know. Yeah. Now that would have been a cool twist. <laughs> <laughs> if he was a vampire. I, I would so be it. Because then he's hundreds of years old and it all, all of a sudden, out. that like pale, baby, hairless chest yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm not super crazy about the way they dress him either. It's, like, it's weird. It's yeah. super weird. Like every, like every other outfit in this movie, with the exception of the all white outfit. 
Um, very, very bizarre. Very strange. Uh, this is when Gus tells Josie that she has to lure, lure Sam into an inappropriate relationship so that he, she can write a story about it. Um, yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, then Josie goes to prom with Guy. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, I, I again, the fantasy, I get why she's doing it, but it's like, there's so many red flags of like, don't do this, Josie. Yeah. I know. But she does it. Uh, then I wrote this prom is nuts. It's so Because I was like, what is this theme? It's Good meant to be together. Theme. Like Meant for each other? Theme. Yes. It's very hard. Famous to pull- couples. Oh, famous couples. Okay. Very hard to pull off. Like she is put on, not only is she put on the spot, the movie's put on the spot. Nailed this theme. And they do. They do. I think they do. Yeah. Like that. Theme. I also, her in period outfit, I guess you would say. Like Ever After. Made me think of Ever After. Totally. Which she's, yeah. again. Which I love. Fantastic yeah. in that movie. Uh, on our Anna and the King episode, Kenny had thoughts about uh, Ever After. Ever After, yeah. What was my thought? Andy uh, Tennant, director of mm-hmm. Anna and the King. Yeah. You felt that. Well, you I like Ever After more than I like Anna and the King. Anna and the King. Okay, fair enough. I like Ever After I mean, that's enough. a low bar, but okay. I, 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 I'm I just agree saying you did not like Anna and the King. <laughs> yeah, no. I, Nor did I. I think, I think basically my thought was, what happened with Ever After to make the studio think they can give hundred million dollars to this yeah. guy to make a remake-ish thing of mm-hmm. The King and I? But he also did Sweet Home Alabama, which we talked about. This yeah. was after, but still. What are I've, your thoughts on Sweet Home Alabama, Stacey? Oh, I enjoy that movie. It's a sweet movie. Yeah, no, I, I think like it's it a lot. Movie. It works. Yeah, it works better than this. Uh, I like um, <laughs> the line that David Arquette's date says to him. She's drunk and she says, when does the floor stop spinning? Let's have sex. Like, <laughs> like right on top of like literally just says with that. With her leg, like over her Yeah, with her yeah, leg. Yeah. Over, yeah. yeah. It was like, that's, that was funny. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. Wrong. As Rebecca de Mornay, which is kind of a weird thing also. Yeah. But. Especially considering the subject matter of Risky Business. God, I love that movie. It's, a, it's good. That's a weird, it's good. that's also, a, that's also an inappropriate relationship. He's. Go completely. Right? But She's still in. I don't know. It's, it's, there's a different thing going on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just no less problematic, but there's it's no, different. No, way less problematic. Really? It's a different. The, the, the way into that movie is a lot different than the way into this movie. The way into that movie is. <laughs> sure. No, it's, it's, it's okay. That's also not like an overt it's, comedy. There's like weird crime no, elements to that. it's got a that. darker underbelly. Yeah, 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 totally. It's yeah. this weird like, yeah. be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. Be an entrepreneur like you guys. I'm going to be like you guys. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. you know. And and that's I love that movie so fucking much. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, I liked it. You'd though. love it. I'm sure. I'll, yeah. I'll watch it again. Josie and Guy are crown prom king and queen. Uh, and then we have Josie and Sam slow dancing to the Smiths. Please, please, please let me get what I want. Crazy, mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. needle drop. Like great needle drop. Yeah. Never would have thought. Never really good. Yeah. Never would have seen. Never, it coming never thought that. Yeah. I mean, in a movie that has, and we'll talk about the soundtrack a little bit because it has some choice cuts on there. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great, op, uh, great opportunity. Um, I also love how it gets really surreal with the camera angles when we realize what Josie's friends are going to do to uh, Aldous mm-hmm. uh, with these like crazy weird, like Dutch yeah, angles of yeah. like dog food and stuff. It was like, this just got <laughs> yeah, really weird really all of a sudden. Strange. Uh, 
then Josie outs herself and Rob. <laughs> On some level, I feel like she's just like, I have to do this so Rob doesn't have sex with this teenager. Like, yeah. I just, it's just like, what is happening? Uh, she outs herself at the prom. Guy is pissed that Josie blows uh, her cover and they got scooped by another paper. <laughs> like, it's, what, it's, it's crazy. Uh, then Josie publishes a piece about high school, how high school hasn't really changed since she was there, but she... This is what, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, because she, this, this piece feels like it's positive, but she leaves that prom thinking that all of them are assholes. So there's like a weird kind of disconnect as to like why, like there's then that montage, right, of the voiceover of her piece, and you're seeing how like, oh, these terrible girls aren't so bad. Yeah, and yeah that's it's a, true. It's a little bit of like, I'm not really sure I understand what's happening right now, but it's. I think it's about her cathartically dealing with her high school experience. I don't have much to say about that. I, I, I guess I didn't really pick up on it. It felt. It, it, <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it felt to me. I guess what I'm trying to say is, it felt like the appropriate piece to write. And if the and if the piece she wrote was everything is garbage, everything and sucks, these kids are fucking monsters. and these kids are monsters, and they yeah. treated me like garbage. Um, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have had the forward propulsion into that last moment that it needed. The positivity of, of how it, mm-hmm. yes. And like I agree so much of this movie, plot is dictating story. And I know that sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but it's not. Plot is, you know, the beats that happen in stories, the emotional journey. So, um, the plot, the things they need to get from A to B to C. No, I seem to be dictating the emotional journey of these characters which is a little disappointing, but I think that, and, and I'm, I'm going to sort of eat my words a little bit here, or at least walk myself through what I think they were trying to do, which was that as the words that she's saying, it's more about like, they're just kids. And mm-hmm. I was just a kid mm-hmm. and kids can be mean and kids can be spiteful and whatever. But you know, we all have our ways of getting through high school and we all have our ways of figuring and, you know, it shouldn't be at other people's expense, but it, it feels a little bit, it's a little kumbaya, but it's still nice that she's able to kind of cathartically work through her shit that happened, all the horrible things that happened to her, well, I guess. And she was a little horrible too. You know, she did sure. deceive everybody. Good point. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> true. She true. managed to, you know, make a teacher fall for her and he yeah. thought he was falling in love with the kid. So, so she, you know, I feel like it's like, yeah, it sort of hasn't changed. Right. You know, you see people's true colors and either they can choose to change for the better or not. And at the end, you see everybody at the, at the baseball place, you know, like rooting yeah. for her. It's mm-hmm. true. So, you know. She did have to win them all back. Yeah. It's true. Yep. Uh, so then we come full circle. We're at the baseball field from the beginning as she waits for Sam to meet her. I mean, Sam shows up, even though, again, it is a surprisingly, I don't want to say suspenseful, that's the wrong word, but you are invested emotionally in that scene you that you are. really, really want it to I'm pay a off. big fan of a literal ticking clock. Right. I just am. I yeah. just like. You, yeah. And especially when it then runs out. Yes. That moment. And you're like, oh, they're going to do that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. They, they really, I mean, I. I I don't know. I loved it too. But they don't it just do makes the, you, it just, sorry. They don't do the thing that is really sucks that some movies do sometimes, which is not give everybody the big cathartic moment there yeah. and then have them like find them later, like mm-hmm. run into the airport or something, you know? Um, I really like the way they did it. Like the time I, running I out, I like him coming out late. I know it was in service of his last line, which actually is a good line. It took me forever to get here. Yep. Um, 
I'm it's in. just works. Yeah, I love every bit like, of it. It's a good. Sometimes, like, sometimes it's worth writing to things like that and ideas like that mm-hmm. and emotions like that. Now, and I think that's kind of my issue with this movie, which is like, I see all the strengths. You know, I know exactly mm-hmm. what they're doing here, mm-hmm. but it works overall. It's definitely like you know, it's an above fifty for me. So I think that like it works. I don't think it's genius or classic or anything like that but like i get it i i, absolutely, I get why people love the movie i do too and i get why people have such positive associations with it i also think you know you you really talk about it for a second or for an hour and 43 minutes and you start to realize this movie's a little bit crazy <laughs> but crazy but it just it works it coasts on its on its great casting on a director that has fun with it. Um, and then we get a great beach boys needle drop at the end with them kissing. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just, I don't know. It just goes to show. And we've, we've done a couple romantic comedies. We haven't done that many so far. We did our Julia Roberts double bill, but like romantic comedies are such a, a weird chemical equation. Like if mm-hmm. you get it right, For sure. everyone wants to be in love and everyone wants to either, maybe they're in love and they like watching people, whatever it is. And it just works. And to marry those two things together in this, buys you a lot of goodwill, and it it just you know, yeah. I, I thought it okay. I think it's hard to fuck up a romantic comedy. I do. I think it's hard to ultimately fuck know, up man. a romantic comedy because I think the beats, I think the the, the classic structure of a romantic comedy, yeah. is almost bulletproof. At least for me, right? It's almost bulletproof. I love it. I'll always be happy. I'll always be happy when two people get together at the end of the movie if they've been fighting the whole time to get together and you do it the right way. So that's why that's a movie fair. like this or a movie like 13 Going on 30, which I think is like utterly ridiculous, but I love. <laughs> um, I, I would just watched it recently. It's a really charming movie. Super, it's so charming. Super sweet. You right? love it. There's yeah. so many movies that are just utterly ridiculous that yeah. I love that, uh, that work because of that really strong backbone structure of a romantic comedy. I agree. When a movie botches it so badly like Runaway Bride did, <laughs> it gets me mad. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, it's also, I mean, that in particular – it's when you have idea. Julia Roberts and Richard Gere and Gary Marshall, like there's you, no excuse, there's no excuse no. for that. But uh, yeah, it's it's but this see, one works. I feel like it's not bulletproof. I feel like you can easily botch a romantic comedy if you don't bring to it the heart mm-hmm. that you need to have, because it isn't just about the jokes and it isn't just about the romance. It's it's. I mean, it's about sort of that sweeping swell that you feel inside, and sure. if you don't bring that heart and that chemistry like this movie does, then it falls flat, and it's just. Like it's annoying. What are some? I mean, so I, I don't know if I'm really disagreeing with you. Uh, I also don't think like we've had many romantic comedies no. of late that are really noteworthy. No, but I think like Trainwreck is a classic romantic comedy, and Trainwreck works really well. The classic structure, the structure of that is very classic romantic comedy. I'll throw You're speaking one of out. like your A story of like guy meets girl, girl guy like, meets, falls in love. Yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's sure. very simply meet cute, montage sure. of falling in love, misunderstanding, they break up. Right, whoever our protagonist is has to win back our mm-hmm. you know our uh, object of affection. They get back together with some grand romantic gesture, and it's happy at the end. You know, another movie that I think like a lot of people think is kind of bad, but I think is kind of great, <laughs> is the proposal. Like that movie works so well for me. Sure, the uh, oh, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Sandra Reynolds. Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Oh no, it's I a like cute that movie. movie too. It just yeah. wor- It's like I, it works for me. I'm happy at the end. I want them together. I, I I think they're great with their families. So maybe I'm just kind of a 
a light critic on romantic comedies because I, I tend to really I mean, it like works them, for me because but... it's about immigration and the guy's Canadian and he needs to get a visa. So yeah. Or she's Canadian, <laughs> which I found ironic since Ryan Reynolds is actually Canadian. Well, he's an Alaskan, Canadian adjacent. Anyway. That is, by the way, <laughs> by the way, that is such a good twist in that movie. That he's Alaskan. It's like, oh, I love that twist. I think it's brilliant. But I haven't. I saw the proposal once. I enjoyed it fine. I've never seen but it. The since, but the whole shtick is the whole shtick is you, Phil Iskov, are about uh-huh. to get kicked out of the country, and you are going to get. You are oh, going you're to, speaking. Yes, you're speaking in general. You, okay. you are looking for an American to date, and you go to you go to your assistant to date them because they're an American apple pie, and that person happens to live in Alaska. So you have to go to Alaska with them, which is even worse than Canada. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. There's nothing worse than Canada. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, Jesus well, Christ. <laughs> yes, no, I get it. I just, you know, okay. Anyway. Oh, uh, so let's so talk good. very briefly just about the soundtrack real quick, because I think it's worth talking about. Because um, it's interesting. We've got Semisonic on there. Uh, Jimmy E. World, The Cardigans, R.E.M., uh, the Beach Boys, obviously, it, it's a very, this is a time capsule soundtrack in the sense that most of these bands didn't, I mean, the Moffats, I don't know what Squirrel 360 is. There's a band called Block the on Moffets? here. Yeah, I said the Moffats. Shout out to our friend, Emily Moffat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. a few mutual friends. This is true. I actually bumped into her on hiatus. Did I, I tell you about this? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting, eclectic soundtrack that also feels like, I don't know, it really worked. Like, I, so the song that they, not that they slow dance to, but the Cardigan song, the Erase and Rewind that plays at the prom was actually, I really liked that album and it was a cool song. And it's not something they would have necessarily associated with this prom um, because this prom is bonkers and it's, I don't know, some sort of mixture of, a million different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but really like so the tortoise in the hair outfit. <laughs> that was a personal favorite for you, kind of. Yeah, it's a, what is it made for each other? It's brilliant. What about uh, the the pregnant girl and Jesus or and something like no that? There's no room for them at the table. Yeah, there's yeah. no room for them at the table. Yeah, no, that's not even that's <laughs> apropos of nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's a yeah, nothing weird at joke. Yeah, Just it is. so it's random. Funny. I love it. Yeah, yeah. no, the like Jessica Alper like makes fun of them. She's like, oh, what were they thinking? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're the three wise men. No, uh, three wise men don't turn people away. They don't. That's true. Wrong. Uh, So do you want to rank this from zero to 99? Do you have any other thoughts that there were other things that that, that you wanted to touch on maybe? No, we've covered them. I think think we did it. I love this movie. (laughs) I do too. Uh, You know what I really really love? I really love this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Kenny loves is... That yes, this that, dynamic. This is was what Kenny loves. No, Listen. this dynamic. Phil, sure, for our listeners, sure. Phil was only pointing to him and Stacy. <laughs> the dynamic is the dynamic in this, this room, room, including Katie, who is yes. our who's producer been, today. Yeah, and a new producer that we're very thankful was uh, able to come in to record for us. Uh, so, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't want to rank this in '99. Never really uh, yeah. saw it enough that I feel like I could. Yeah. Um, so you know how this goes. Just should I refresh? Sure. So. A ranking from 99 or, or adjacent to when you saw it, a ranking before this podcast and a ranking after the podcast to see if this podcast has in any way swayed or changed your opinion. Uh, Kenny? Um, going into this podcast, I gave it a 55. Okay. Um, I'm giving it much higher after that, after this podcast, just because like, I can't, um, I can't discount how like 
dumb it is <laughs> and problematic in so many in ways. So many ways. Yeah. But I also can't discount like, you know, it does matter if you enjoy talking about a movie for two hours. It's true. And I have enjoyed this immensely. Um, and not for the, not even for the wrong for the reasons. reasons. Yeah. Not even like the just wrong reasons. Um, so I'm going to bump it up. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a 64, which I think is a, a that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's about, it's about, you know, my, my solid rom-com grade. Uh, I came into this, I gave it a 74 coming into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have enjoyed this thoroughly and I would say that I'm now bumping it up a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a, a 76. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's, I mean, I was watching it with my roommate, Melissa, who also really loves this movie. Um, but as we were watching it, asked similar questions that we mm-hmm, were asking mm-hmm. at this table. Um, and yet by the end of it, you're won over by it and you turn a blind eye to all of the truly weird, strange, you get over. somewhat awful things that exist in it. So it, it just, it, again, Drew Barrymore, it's just great, great cast, fun movie. I don't know. I, I, I fully understand why people love it. Stacey? I totally agree. <laughs> uh, I would say probably a 99. It was around an 85 for me. It was okay. I thought you were about to All give right. it a 99. I nearly fell out of my chair. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, like, oh, I mean, I my mean, stars. <laughs> heavens to Betsy. Uh, I would say after viewing it before this podcast, it was like an 80, just because there's some troubling things. But I still... Sure. Super love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, since this podcast, I'm bumping this thing up to 95. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> wow. So I will okay, give so you a my stars. <laughs> wow. And, okay. And, and here's why. Because there are so many things wrong with this movie in so many fundamental ways that actually really eat away at me morally. <laughs> and I don't care at all, which is weird. Right. And I also super... Super love embarrassing Phil. So get associate. That was a really good encapsulation of uh, of why you gave it that grade. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting idea. Of like, I think that might be why I love cruel intentions. I literally so much. was just about to say this might I be do. a cruel intentions. I think that thing. might be why I love cruel intentions so much. This idea of like, yeah, I see the problems. No, I don't care. Yes, I still fucking love it with all my heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's it. I, I think there is something, there's something to, that. to that. I think that you know what I think. A lot yeah. of people feel that way about American Beauty, too. Where we came into American mm. Beauty during the well, we we did the podcast and we were just like, problems are too much. Like, yeah, like the pro, it's like it's the problems are too much. Like I can't look past them. But I think a lot of people do or did before the Kevin Spacey stuff. Absolutely, you know. Absolutely. Sure. I think there's definitely that. Yeah. But again, I mean, that's a much darker, seedier oh, yeah, version yeah, yeah. of a movie. Whereas this, the it's the a, intent a and the heart is so pure yeah. that you know. I think it's, I think so part of it just also has to do with just, it's not, it's not looking to reinvent the wheel. Nope. It's just looking to tell you a nice story. Uh, and yes, it has to sort of do some gymnastics to get you there. But I mean, that's, that's, you know. I think, I think the point you just made, Stacey, is one I want to reiterate. You don't walk away from this movie thinking this is an argument in favor of pedophilia. <laughs> all of that shit, all that shit. That would be thankfully. weird. Well, <laughs> some movies. Yeah. Like American Beauty, yeah, yeah. kind of are sure, right. Enough, sure. So you you walk away from this movie, and you're thinking, I don't even know if it really knew what it was doing with that stuff. <laughs> like, for being honest here, like, like I don't really know yeah. if it was fully aware. But I think it probably knew, but like it was probably like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like no one aware ish, aware ish, aware ish. Yeah. Bump up against it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I think they were. I think they're just like it's okay. And I think we're like it's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. 
It's okay. This was a good podcast. This was fantastic. This is, this um, is a real joy. This was a joy. Uh, you're on Twitter. I am. What is your handle on Twitter? Uh, I don't remember. Like, okay. Well, I got, then, the, well, I got the internet. It's like Stacy. Stacy. Something. There's a number in S. it. S. McGee sixteen. Yeah, that, that feels right. Something to that effect. Um, oh, we should talk about. Sorry, I completely forgot. We should talk about what we're doing next week. Uh, <laughs> next week we're doing bringing out the dead. Ooh. Uh, the Nicolas Cage, uh, Martin Scorsese movie, um, with a guest, a uh, friend of mine, Steve, uh, Vitale, who is a filmmaker in his own right. He's made several shorts. He's awesome. Uh, and we're going to talk about Martin Scorsese and how, um, much I love that movie. I don't know what Kenny's thoughts are on the movie. I'm going to be very interested to hear when we do it. And, you? No, I want to do it on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but, uh, I'm at PM Iscove on Twitter and on Instagram. Kenny is at Nybart. That's correct. On Twitter, uh, our handle for the show is at podcast like 1999. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Stacy, please come back on. Will you come back yeah, on? Yeah, Stacy, whenever, please. I would this love to. Okay, Let me on. ask you one question, Phil. Absolutely. Uh, does it make your top five Scorsese? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's big. There's a tease. There's a tease. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to be very interested with my... So we're doing our top five Scorsese films as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be interesting... I have I have an interesting perspective on Scorsese just in terms of the fact that I tend to lean more towards his more contemporary stuff than his classic stuff, quote unquote. So uh, we'll talk about that uh, next week on podcast. Like I said, I'm like the rest of America, and oh, excuse me, really, North, North just, America, North America. You're just, just going to drop the mic <laughs> North on America, that. North these America. Last Sorry, words. North America. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 